This is Steve Osheim from Deicide. You're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. This is Philip H. F. Selmo. Hi, this is Lou from Creator. Chambry, bass player, Napalm Guest. This is Alex from Crazy. This is Max Colasby from Crazy. This is Lee from Monstrosity. Hey, this is Chris from Cryptopsy. Hey, this is Matthew from Cryptopsy. This is Will from Cryptopsy. Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Kim Corey. This is Ben from Gold War. Sam Dewey from Gold War. This is Martin Bagunan from Aspects. So, uh, you're listening to Phantasm Broadcast. Hey, this is Chris Barnes from Six Feet Under. You're listening to Corey Gorkreist and Dr. Vincent West on the Phantasm Podcast. This is Frank from Suffocation. The Phantasm Podcast goes down fucking smooth. What the fuck is up and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gorkreist with me. Dr. Vincent West. Hi, 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 hi. And uh, we got Steve Ashime from Deicide on the show. They're currently on tour. Go check them out. Um, we tour the, Brazil in August. Yeah, Brazil in August. So we got he's got a ton of stuff coming up. Deicide. Uh, doctor will talk to you about his show experience over there and uh, the film we got for them today. Uh, Waxworks from 1988. It's 11.45, let's go. Imagine, if you will, an exhibit in fear. It looks a little spooky, boys. You think we should do this? A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. Ooh, scary. Your fascination with ghosts, monsters, and the many unearthly elements of the supernatural. Welcome to the Look. this. Killer. Enjoy. Wow, the glasses from Nutty Zombies from Hell. Lose yourself in it. Do you like a closer look? Really? But whatever you do, don't step over the rope. Welcome, my dear. We thought you were too tired to join us. All right, I'm hypnotized. Hey, not so fast. Ah! Relax. Uh, a cup of coffee, we'll talk about it. I want out of here, Sarah. I'm serious. Getting scared? Do I get a pretty woman in my illusion? No. No, I get a dork. It isn't real. Hello? What the hell did you kill him for? He'd have been perfect. Live, my children. Live. Restron Pictures welcomes you into a new dimension in terror. Waxwork. I love this movie. It's a Vestron Collector Series Blu-ray. just came out about a year ago now. Guys on fire. There's, this shit's already going straight now. This movie's about six months old. I think. Yeah, six months? Yeah. So half a year old. Um, one of the first things they put out... Um, well, they had the two pack too. Is that what this is it from? Is. The yeah, waxwork and waxwork too. Yeah, um, a guy's already his head's on fire and he's in a furnace, burning alive. So that's already that's how this fucking movie starts. It's pretty. And awesome. the guy that directed this directed Hellraiser three. Awesome. 
pretty sure it's and the same dude. Zach Galligan, as you see on the screen, is from Gremlins, famously. Uh, uh, David Warner's yeah, in this. David Warner's from Final Frontier. Fucking uh, Time After Time. The one Omen. Of my favorite movies. The oh Omen. yeah, David Warner <clears throat> rules. Yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, this I've actually never seen this one. I've seen Lost in Time, the, the sequel to this. And there's John Ray Davies, who is in Indiana Jones. And Sliders, if yep. you guys like nerdy television like me. Yeah, and if you like uh, BK Sliders. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he was also Gimli in uh, Lord of the Rings, which yep. I watched the other day for the first time in forever. So, uh, Love the blood, you know, the logo that bleeds. It's really nice. The house is very creepy. Um, if you guys are watching the watching at home we're at two minutes and nine seconds right now so if you guys follow along thank you thank you to everyone that's liked our page we're over a thousand likes now can't thank you guys enough this is only going to get bigger and better for all of us um you know the, the more we do the doctor's been slaving away and doing all his his fucking his work i mean he's been just show to show to show he's been Practically on tour with these bands. I mean, with what he's been doing, it's the, last, one the last two months. Pretty. I mean, he's been. If 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 someone calls the doctor, he's been booked. I'm like, no, we don't have <laughs> yeah. anything available for the next two <laughs> yeah. months because he's well, out of town. Well, you know, and to explain that, we had so much stuff. A lot of stuff, like near our area. You know, we, we try so to catch to do. a lot of media. You know, for you guys, but I mean, we got so much good stuff coming to you guys and we got so much stuff that we can't really talk about yet that's in the works that's uh, pretty much confirmed for us that we're going to be doing for you guys so I mean we got all we still got we, we try to keep ourselves busy try to keep the content awesome for you guys you know the doctor's got the library for the films you never have to worry about any of that, got that. and I think at this point you know you never have to worry about uh, the guests either we always got something cooking for you guys and we try to stay moving and uh, you know we've had a lot of a lot of repeat offenders that are awesome, you know, thanks to uh, Tobias and to Ken Foray and uh, to Alex Krizian and uh, Terrence from Suffocation. I mean, you know, it's awesome to have, have anybody back on, you know. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to all those guys, so oh, yeah. I'm looking to see them again real soon, you know, as soon as possible. Um, so, yeah, the you know, Doctor's been working really hard to, to keep this, this train going and if you guys have the time, thank him on the page or wherever you can. And <clears throat> he he's been the he's been the glue for this podcast for a while now since I've been transitioning jobs and, and doing all my my uh, human stuff. So well, you know. you've got a lot of stuff going on. I don't think people real, and it takes you know. When we initially started doing this, you did so much. Well, sitting and I felt like I needed to. I needed up my game and that, and and, and it. W- you would have done it if the situation been reversed. So, and that's yep. the only way we can do it. And I want to kind of interview interview you a minute if it's cool. Okay, for everybody out there, I want to have you talk to us, and we'll we'll go into this too, and kind of plug this for the the folks there that have been so kind to reach their hands up to you with this, and uh, talk a little bit about about the convention you're getting ready to go to. Well, um, if you guys are listening to the Ken Foray interview, uh, you know we're that I'm going to be going to Days of the Dead in Indianapolis. Um, in a couple weeks now, it's uh, June thirtieth through the July second, which is my birthday. So the last day Happy of the birthday. convention. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the last day of the convention's on my birthday, and I love uh, David Warner and the he looks like fucking Willy Wonka. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, 
I already love this movie. I mean, this really movie nice. looks like a porn. Sorry, yeah, the scenery is really nice. The, yeah, the actresses look like all the porn stars, and then David Warner just looks pimp. So, uh, but anyway, it looks like a Scooby Doo villain. Uh, yeah, it's awesome though. I love it. It's campy. It's nice. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, me and Miss Gorechrist are going to be there. Um, Ken Foray, first time actually meeting him in person, so that's going to be a blast. You know, he's awesome. looking forward to seeing me and. I'm looking forward to thanking him in person for everything he's done, being such a humble guest and just a, a fun guy to talk to. So if you guys get a chance, go listen to that, and that'll give you more of an idea of what the whole thing's about and what we're both doing there. Um, there's a Dawn of the Dead cast reunion, uh, Scott Reiniger and, and Kevin M.G. and uh, you know George Romero will be there, and Ken, of course, and... Um, Three Jasons, which I impressive. Yeah, Galen Ross. That's a lot there. Of, that's a lot of Jasons. Yeah, Kane Hodder just got announced, and uh, Steve Dash from Part Two, and uh, or famously known as Potato Sack Jason, and uh, C.J. Graham, who I met uh, months back in Atlanta in February, and he was super nice, and that's my favorite Jason. So I've already crossed that milestone. Is um, is Kane doing six. dress up stuff too? I wish he was kind of like a last minute thing. He has been doing Part Seven. Uh, photo ops here and there, but that's only one John. See, uh, I, I'd want a part eight photo op. I would too. But John Carl Buechler's gonna, whenever he's there, he does the fucking, he puts <laughs> that shit on. Let me ask you this. This is on subject with this too, and plus I put it on the page. Did you see my love boat thing of him from part eight? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know where I found that. I was like up at like from 4 From part eight, he was also on Encenio Hall show. As it's Jason, amazing. It's and amazing. they tried interviewing him, and he was just sitting there in the in the garb or whatever, and just went it's amazing. It's, it's hysterical. Well, you that's know how, how that's you know how, how that big happened? horror was. But then. do you know how you know how that happened? I like all the Nazi stuff. This is a perfect time for all. Ars- this shit. Arsenio was a was a was a huge fan of the series. Yeah, that's how they got him on there to do that. Yeah, it's awesome, and um, you know that. I was thinking about it the other day. Honestly, I was like. And I think I posted something about it on the page or my personal page, I don't remember, but it's basically stating that, you know, horror really is in the backseat right now with, with you know, with the media and, and with entertainment. It's just not... It's more of an underground thing now. It got kicked back to... Where it needs to be. It got kicked back to an underground to thing. Now. Well, at the same time, it, it used to be so huge where if you put out a horror movie, you know it's going to do well. Now they have to you know comb the market and really only put out horror movies that you know are going to make money based on demographic and based on similar themes like oh if it's a ghost movie yeah if it's a ghost movie it's going to come out no but listen but that 40 meters down or whatever that's awesome like sharks that needs to still be a thing here's the thing you know i think that that's a good idea well here's the problem with that 40 meters down this is why i don't want to see that pg-13 of no interest really it's pg-13 it is that's what they have to do, though. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, to get kids in there, but my, yeah. my whole thing the is... The market has gone... The market's whole, mainly targeting teenagers. The whole thing with it is, though, is this. Like, Hollywood tries. That Mummy movie with Tom Cruise, I haven't seen it. It is a commercial failure. It is completely bombed. Yeah, but that's like a, a CGI... No, but do you do you have any idea how bad it's bombed? Like, apparently... Oh, it's awful. No, I mean, I want to talk about how bad it's bombed. It's literally about to go to the dollar movie. It made like twenty million dollars, and that's like a 
fifty million dollar budget movie or something. Oh, it's more than that. It was like a hundred and fifty million dollar budget. It had a huge budget. It's got well, it's Russell Crowe and, and Tom Cruise and, and, and all this stuff. And, and I mean, I don't know if the movie's better or not. I haven't seen it, but it's it's. And look, this people is, wanted Brendan Fraser. It's not. It's not that the, kind the, of mummy movie, though. Oh, yeah, it is. They're supposed to it's be supposed doing to be. They not were trying universe. Well, what they were trying. I to thought do. they were doing the actual mummy, like no, because it's a girl. That's what I'm saying. And look, I'm not sexist or anything, and I like female leads when it's appropriate. But for that, nobody wants to see a female. It's lead. what I'm saying. The whole thing just shot itself. They try what they tried to do, and you can read about this. But she didn't even look like a mummy. She just looked well. But, but here's weird. the thing. You, but you can look at it enough to see that they tried to reboot the Brandon Fraser style mummy thing. And you it can't didn't do work. it without Brandon Fraser. You no, can't. it didn't work. And you can't do it without that dude that played the mummy too. Yeah, the um, guy that did that played Emotep was awesome. Yes. And um, he was in the he was Darkman when Liam Neeson stepped down. Yeah, yeah. and that's cool. It is. Um, I can't he's think in, of his he's in a lot movie, of other but. shit, but um, I know Dead Farrow was in those films. He's in the GI Joe movies too. Yeah. He's Death uh, Zartan. Deathstroke. Yeah. Is he Deathstroke? Is he Zartan? He's Deathstroke. No, he's Zartan. Is he? Okay. He's Zartan. Either way, doesn't um, matter. Got a GI Joe debate. Too, but. <laughs> um, no, but the you know Odette Farrow was in those movies. They were more, and once Tomb of the Dragon Emperor came out, everybody lost interest in the mummy. Anyway. Well, see, th- this they, thing has made less money than that. That's bad. But my point being was, I think you can't. But see, I think horror does still do well because that movie that you and Mrs. Gorecross were telling me about, I finally went and watched. Which one? Is it Get Out? Is that it? Get Out, yeah. It's great. That's more of like you liked it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. crazy. I did not it see is, any it's, of a comment. It's nuts, but but like the, what I'm saying though, that's is, more of like a like a thriller. It is, but, but it's, it's still horror based. It still preys on that, and there's actually some gore in it, and, and it I made think, money. And that, that and Jordan Peele made that, and that's established himself as not only that Rings three that thing made money. I mean, some of these things make money. Like I'm saying, if they're a part of that, like a what was yeah. that other thing that I I said another movie I watched last year that I liked. Uh, you know, it's the guys that did okay. the. It's the guys that did the Conjuring thing. Did it? It's Lots Out. Great movie. Yeah, love that movie. It's a good I movie. Understand. It's for what it is. People out there probably listen. It's like, oh, well, you've lost your mind, West. It's like, no, it's it's actually pretty. I good. guess I'm more talking about like, you know, slashers and stuff. You oh, really, it's gone. You can't really make it's them like they were anymore. Well, you can. It's a ma- maybe. You and I need to do that. I don't know, but all I know is is like it, the last. There's a, there's a market for it. The last good. Slasher that came out that was new was like the Hatchet films because it was more or less a throwback, but at least they tried to make like a newer. They tried to ensemble it, which it worked, and they tried to make it into some new story and the not just movie Bara stuff. But you know, it was that those films were at least like over the top gory. The 09, Friday the Thirteenth is great. Mm-hmm. Chain that Texas Chainsaw 3D thing I liked. Yeah, that was okay. I, I like it. The more it was on El Rey the other night, and I. I saw it in 3D. It was it was a trip, but I mean, it's not that bad. But my my whole point is is like, yeah, but that's kind of just like horror's heyday. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. slasher heyday was like that was like the end of it. Was like Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight because mm-hmm. after that, like I mean, I I'm gonna be honest with everybody out there. I've I've tried to sit through Jason Goes to Hell. That movie's horrible. It's bad. Yeah. Well, it's not Jason. He, he it's dies just in bad. The it is gory. Yeah, it's it very is. gory. But you know, um, I don't want to see other people as Jason and then his sister, and it's all this bull, you know, cult bullshit. I don't know. I mean, I get the idea, and they there's not much else you can do. And I saw Jason X in theaters, and God, that movie's bad. That's worse than Jason Goes to Hell. But at least it's Jason killing people, and it's you know Kane Hodder and or whatever. But um, 
you know, I mean, things pop out here and there. Like, you know, Green Inferno was good. Um, the Conjuring movies are great. You know, the Annabelle two is about to come out, and um, you know, but there's you're stuff not you're like not going to get. And I'm in full agreement with you. You're not going to get what you had like when The Exorcist was released. No, no. Everything's also been done. The '80s was horror films, and you know all the campiness. Well, let me ta- let me and you can get away about with that, that movie stuff. that I didn't know. I was watching. I've been on an Exorcist kick lately, but I watched a documentary. There's there's a million of them on those Blu-rays. You guys out there listening at home, if you own the Blu-rays or even the DVDs, a lot of these things are just flowing with stuff to with stuff to uh, with stuff to watch. But but what I was going to tell you is is it's pretty amazing to me. Nine people died making that film. Oh yeah, it's nuts. The conspiracy. Story. There was a fire that they still can't explain that happened on the set when nobody was there. That looks like my old boss. Sorry. At, uh, no, you're fine. At the sub shop. Look. <laughs> that's actually that's really funny. <laughs> uh, now they're in the wax works. That was uh, Hans in the film. It's uh, Mahaley. Mazaros, um, who actually died today last year, so it's an anniversary. It's a one-year anniversary of her death. Isn't that fucking crazy? Wow! Today? Well, it was yesterday. It's yeah. still weird. June thirteenth, twenty sixteen. Uh, Michu, who played uh, Hans, that's the you know the wow. That's insane. Yeah, he died a year ago. I mean, yesterday. My whole thing is this: is like seventy six, and then we'll get back to me talking about the convention. But I want—I want to just say that you know, you people would rather watch reality crap yeah. than watch fantasy based anything. It seems like anymore. Well, unless it's comic book shit, then people go. Watch well, but that. even that, you know, but even that stuff, depending on what it is, people are so. Finicky and pit and you know picky about it, like Wonder Woman. Everybody made this big deal about it, and I went and saw it, and I really liked it. it I've, I've seen mostly positive stuff about that. I it's haven't. a it's a good movie, but but here's the whole thing with that. I don't really give a damn about that character. Yeah, and maybe it's because I'm not a female. I just don't. I'm just not interested in you know in that character. But it's a good. It is a good film, and I, I liked it. I'll buy it. I liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. Kong. I went and saw Kong again last night. What a great movie! What a what a fantastic monster movie. Really like it. Here's the deal, though. All these people watching it, the, the, there's stuff at the end credit scenes and stuff. Here's the reality. Here, I'm just telling everybody out there that likes King Kong, and I like him. You're not going to be Godzilla. He'll whip your ass. <laughs> He'll whip your monkey ass back to the jungle. That's the reality of it. It ain't going to be welcome to the jungle. It's going back to the jungle, and then Godzilla's just going to fucking fuck you up. That's the whole deal with that. There's these fucking hicks last night trying to fucking run their yapper during that. I'm like, you're you're not beat you're not beating Godzilla. But Kane Hodder actually did stunt work in this film, which is crazy. He did? Mm-hmm. It's in the Frankenstein's monster scene. I think it's cool, you know, I like the old House of Wax stuff and you know, this is kind of like a eighties version of that before they made that two thousands remake of House of Wax, so this is kind of what you got from the eighties of it. And uh, well, there was I mean, actually in the script to this, uh, getting this from IMDb, it said that there in the script there was a scene, you know, when they're looking at all this stuff in these displays, 
of uh, Friday the 13th scene from the, uh, uh, you know, the original Friday the 13th. And it, they, someone looks at him, they, had, they said, hey, that looks like, you know, the Jason mask. And then one of them says something like, uh, you know, that's the, is like somebody did a display of the Jason killings. So they actually, like, kind of put this in like it was real, you know, the Friday the 13th murders. And they, they was never in the actually, film? It, it wasn't in the film, it was in the script. But I guess they didn't use it. Okay. Uh, it says, uh, in the shooting script, Jonathan is staring at an exhibit of Jason Voorhees Friday the 13th. When Jonathan tells Lincoln about it, looked the same. it looked like the same Jason mask from the movies. Mr. Lincoln asked Jonathan, they made a movie about the Jason killings. And then they said, there's no Jason Voorhees display. And Jonathan instead stares at an exhibit of Phantom of the Opera. So... There's that. And they had the Invisible Man. That was cool. This movie's amazing. But let's go Let's go back to the convention a second. So now when... when and I've talked to you about going to conventions before, but having this pass, what are you planning on uh, running around doing with it? Anything special? That's where John Ryan Davies shows up, I think, here in a second. Um, I don't know. I've never had this kind of... Uh, you know, I've never... I've always just gone as an attendee. This is my first year doing. Um, well, I, I did. I did work like a, I was a vendor at a convention before, but I've never um, done press work for a convention. So this is going to be a very interesting um, experience for me, and I'm hoping to, you know, maybe at least talk to a few guests and get a little up close and personal and uh, see what I can get out of it. Um, definitely do some maybe footage. a Jason roundtable to look forward to. Maybe? I mean, that would be fantastic. But, you know, <laughs> We'll see what I can get done. I mean, who knows? I mean, you never know. I mean, my guess, and I'm going to, I want to keep kind of interviewing you here for a second if that's cool for a few minutes. I, because I'm curious, I think people out there be curious about you do because this is like your forte, man. You do this for, I don't go to these things. You do. Mm -hmm. I've made it open on our page that I don't go to this stuff. And it's not, I'm not saying, hey, y'all shouldn't go. I'm just saying I have like a lot of anxiety and I just don't. Yeah, you don't like crowds and people. Well, I'm weird about it. And I, if I'm not doing interviews at shows, man, I'm spoiled now. I got the, I got the photo pass. I'm going to go chill. And I, and it's great for me. I can go relax. and, and, and uh, Folks, the doctor's very secretive. He's just like any doctor you'd expect where he's got a lot of shit to hide and he's just kind of, you know. Behind closed doors is where he likes to be. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of weird. But, but I want to ask you, I mean... Aside from these people having handlers, you can probably just go approach them for this stuff, can't you? There's John Wright Davies right there. Big motherfucker. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to approach them at their table and stuff like that, but, you know, I guess... No, but, I mean, if you, like, are in, like, a green room or something... I feel like there is a press room, because they only give passes out to certain, you know... They only have so many, and they give them out. And, um, you know, Adolfo is a great dude, and I can't thank him enough for, for doing this for me. And um, maybe hang out with him. Maybe get a little interview. Yeah, with him. I mean, you should get it. Does he run the whole damn thing? Yeah, him and another guy. Yeah. Well, get an interview for us. I'd love to. I'd love to. I think we would all like to hear that. I mean, look, I, my nerd, the nerd in me, is always interested in the stuff that you do at these things. Right. The anxiety in me. Yeah, because there's so many people coming. But I want to announce this. I do want to announce something publicly on the podcast right now. I am going to go to Days of the Dead of Atlanta, so if you see me there, I'm... It's more your neck of the woods. I'm, I'm planning you know, on going. We can go if, if we have a great time at Indiana. Well, I'm planning on going if, if, I, can, if I can see I, I hang loved, out with, with Gore Christ and, and his wife, and we can do the... 
Yeah, Alexis and I like Days of the Dead Atlanta, but we did it to ourselves. We got there a day, like we went there Saturday, Sunday, because we had to work. Um, you know, we were kind of tight on money. So we didn't have as good of a time because Friday night is when the vendors are open late. On Saturday night, they have so so much other stuff going on. The vendors like a party or something? Yeah, like the vendors close early. So we we missed out on shopping all day because we were in the middle of getting all the photo ops and waiting in line and meeting people. And then by the time we got done, we had like an hour to shop and most of the places were closed by then. So, I mean, um, we, we kind of were, were saddened about that, but we went and watched, you know, the tattoo thing. We sat and watched Halloween for a little bit because uh, they had that on a projector, like the original Halloween. And PJ Souls introduced the movie and that was really That's nice. Amazing. But there was no fucking seats. We were just kind of sitting on the floor and, you know, I don't know. Um, it's a really good convention, though. I mean, they they do a great job. They've been around forever, um, you know. And the organizers know what they're doing. They have a lot of fun. They're definitely not like a tame, like family friendly place. I mean, they are, but they don't care. Like they just their balls out. Whatever. They have a good time. They don't care. But do you th- um, do you think though when you're to switch back to this real quick? Because I'm curious, but. Maybe if there is a green, you can go chill with some of these. Maybe you can get some surprise guests on there. Maybe Bill Mosley or maybe get, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of great talent there. I thought maybe Bill would do it because of Phil, maybe. Yeah, the Bill and Phil thing is, is you know, pretty cool. And um, I know Bill's always working. He's a working dude. You know, he's got a lot of film projects. He always has cameos and stuff. And he's pretty much a, a cameo guy. I mean, if you look up a horror movie, Bill's probably in it somewhere. I mean, he really is. He's got a hell of a catalog. Um but yeah, it'd be cool. Um, I can see what I can do with all that. Jason you know, Roundtable's what I'm voting for. That'd be amazing. But to get all three of them, I mean, I don't know. I just have to. <laughs> but even if you could just get all three at some point, yeah. just to just kind of see. Yeah, I love this. This movie jumps out of reality, and now he's in some kind of. He's in the. Looks like another damn time period with fucking John Rye Davies werewolf. It's pretty interesting. Well, it is, yeah. Yeah, you kind of jump through the little displays and it takes you into another that's what, yeah, dimension. That's what it it's is. cool as shit. I thought you know, you'd it, like It's this. very supernatural, uh, but it's also fantasy and it's uh, old school horror because, you know, you get the. It's funny, you get on Dracula DVD, these are like garbage, like dollar titles, and on Blu ray, they're like $40, $50 titles. Yeah. It's interesting how they coin the market on that. But. It is pretty cool. But even when they jump through the display, they become a completely different character too. Which is I'm cool. excited about the oh. Warlock films coming out. That's Nasty. What yeah, another Vestron. He's doing the little. That's a oh head split. Beautiful gore. Um, that's what Daddy likes. And then he gets the silver bullet. Very cool. Um, yeah, already this film's amazing. It looks great. Uh, the the effects are nice. That, that fucking face rip is nasty. The head ripage. Um, but yeah, the the Days of the Dead's gonna be really fun. Um, I'll probably I, I would love to go to Atlanta again, you know, because they always bring different people. It's never the same, you know. They'll have like, you know, they'll bring a few guests to another, you know, one because they they do L.A., they do Chicago, they do Louisville, Kentucky, and um, is the Louisville one happened yet? No, that's the next one. Can we doing. see who's at the hat? I know Linda Blair's gonna be at that. Uh, um, Linda's coming to Knoxville. Did you see that? Yeah, where uh, our folks are. Um, My folks are the the. Uh, let's see. You know, if she would actually show, but the thing is, didn't you didn't you tell me she was acting weird? She was very rude to like guests that were in front of me, and I just kind of like what like give me an example like like uh, like I'm going to be a guest and you be her okay 
like she God, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm getting to meet you. This is fucking cool. And she was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And the people asked for a photo with her, and she got really mad because she had to leave her table. And then they wanted to take another picture with her because they're like, I don't know if that one was good. Can we get another one? And then she was just like, no, that one's fine. And she just like walked off. And I was in line forever. And this was at the point where I didn't have money. I just wanted to talk to her. Because I was like, you know, you're the first horror movie I saw. I, I'm sure a lot Dude, of people. I love that I'm movie. sure a ton of people are like that seeing her, but I didn't have any money to give her, so I just wanted to, you know, say thank you. And once I saw her act like that, I was like, I don't want to piss her off, so I'm just going to leave. What was she charging? Uh, like sixty bucks or something. Jesus, in the morning. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, you know, let, let's talk. I want to talk about that. She donates it to her. Um, you know her dead animals her, fund her rescue fund yeah which is nice you know whatever but um here's, well here's Miles O'Keefe here the Dracula my here's my look here's my whole thing with with her Jason Miller which was Father Karras mm-hmm. do you know who his son is uh uh-uh. I'm blow your mind all over this podcast right now a lot of people don't know this I was watching this huge interview with him the other night. Well, his son played Michael in Lost Boys. Really? That's his son. Wow. That's a fact. That's awesome. Now, I'll tell you what's interesting. I'm going to... This is also, hopefully, our viewers will get a kick out of this. Listeners, viewers, whatever. I'm an idiot. Um, The role was initially Warner Brothers wanted and insisted on Jack Nicholson. To huh. play that role, it would have been way over the top, and yeah. I don't think he could have pulled it off. It would have—I mean, maybe if he'd been the demon. <laughs> yeah, but but so this is for September first through the third in Louisville, Kentucky, the Days of the Dead. You got Linda Blair. You got Tony Todd, who's going to be Candyman for photo ops. Uh, and the I'd rather costume. be Commander Kern. Me too, but it's still pretty cool. Uh, Gary Busey, which is that's cool. That's kind of selling me. I actually would love to do that. Uh, Kane Hodder, uh, Kurt Angle, if you like wrestling, and uh, Alan Oppenheimer, who does voice of Skeletor, and uh, that's all they got so far for that. Um, well, that sounds like the thing in Knoxville. Yeah. And then Chicago, I know they've announced a few guests. Um, I don't know, but if, if you know, you just have a good time. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, you know, I wanted to. The thing it I'm looking for. It doesn't to. seem like there is a it horror convention anymore. And everybody's like, oh, it was Texas Frightmare. It's like, yeah, you had Dario Argento, and that's it. No, that that was pretty pretty beefed. I mean, they had they had the Thing reunion with everybody but Kurt Russell, and they had uh, a Fright Night reunion that they've been doing. They had that. The, the Suspiria thing was a reunion. It was Suspiria, like most of the girls, with Dario Argento. They had Barbara Crampton there. I mean, they had every fucking buddy there. I'd say if there was a huge it's one Texas to go to, Frightmare. it's Texas Frightmare. But it's also in Texas, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. You know, Horror Hound has its, has its you know, good things and bad things, you know. Not really bad. It's, it's just a Have matter they added of, anything? Can we talk I'm about looking. that one? Um, just a matter of... No conventions are bad. It's just a matter of what you want to spend your money on and go and go to you know if it's close then that's a a reason to do it and um no I mean they haven't really added anything else I mean they got a they got a a Friday 13 part 2 reunion that's pretty cool and they got Uh, some uh. somewhat of a Lost Boys reunion you know uh, going and they got uh 
Clint Howard, which is cool, and uh, Mitch Pileggi, and Natasha Hanestridge is kind of cool. So, I mean, they got, you know... That was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's there's no bad conventions. It's all a matter of what you want to spend your money on and, and what, what actors you want to meet. I mean, there's no other way to describe it, so... Uh, just look up horror conventions on Google, and you'll find you know all the ones happening, and uh, that's going to base what you want to do. You know, it's it's what actors you want to meet and what um, stuff you want to buy. Because you can go look at the vendors list, and you know, uh, I know for Days of the Dead coming up, there's uh, there's going to be Vinegar Syndrome there that were there at Atlanta, and then. Uh, Severin's going to be there as well, which is pretty awesome. That so, is awesome. looking forward to that. And there's, uh, I don't think Cavity Colors is going to be there, which I'm kind of upset about. They were in Atlanta, but you got to figure, you know, these guys go all over the map, so they got to kind of pick what they're doing and what they're not going to be able to do. So, um, you know, the vendors are always a surprise because you never know what they're. You know, I don't have. know so many fucking toys you can get and memorabilia and just. Weird stuff. You can get tattoos at this convention, so if you want to find a tattoo, you can do that. And then, you know, the... What are you doing, Tuna? There was a guy trying to promote some kind of thing, and he was wearing some... It's some kind of, like, Frat Rags knockoff thing or something. It was, like... It was some kind of Friday the 13th shirt. I was like, that looks like shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's really cool. It's like... No, it's like a regular shirt with a Friday. It looks like you got it at Walmart, but you pay thirty dollars for it. <laughs> it was made on like Redbubble. No, it's one of those. I forget the name of the company. It's some company trying to compete with what he does. And the shirt, I'm glad I actually got to see one up close. The image looked like it was off center, and it looked like shit. Yeah, and he paid. And he paid like a thousand bucks for it too, which I also thought was bad. It's like, wow, you spent a lot. How you doing, money buddy? Don't get up on the couch. Come on, good boy. Uh, Tootie's here as my guest here. But so you, you know, it seems like it would be fun to get to do that, and hopefully having that pass, you'll, and maybe with that one of the promoter guys, maybe he can hook you up with some of those interviews. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's some kind of a press room or, like, some place that we can all go. I think there'll be more details when I'm at the event, or maybe he'll shoot me an email talking about anything, you know, a direction I can go, because I'm pretty sure there's some kind of a press room. Or just like a VIP area where we can all meet up and I can talk to the other press guys and we all just kind of do our thing. You know, I don't think I'm just there blind, you know, for with a press pass. I feel like there's some kind of direction there. Um, and if there's not, you know, I'll find my own way. I can have Ken help me out because Ken will be happy to see me. And, uh, oh, Ken's a pimp. Yeah, and, and he'll... I love him. He'll, he'll give me something out of that, you know, um, for the fans, for you guys. Um but really, the the other thing is, like I said, you know, um, if if you've never been to a horror convention before, uh, it's definitely worth going to. If you like, if you like celebrating the world of horror in the middle of summer and not just Halloween, I mean, this is the place to be because everyone's people are dressed up like it's Halloween, like in costume, and you know, um, it's very fun. You know, you see a lot of Jasons and leather faces and. Uh, there's a lot of like extra little things like they had a somebody had made a uh, as an official display for Days of the Dead in Atlanta. It was the front um, it was like the front of uh, the the Myers house. It was pretty cool and it was you can it's a whole display like you can go in it and it looks like, you know, the front of the house and it has the music playing and stuff. 
And it's really neat. It's like a whole like front end of a house. It's really nice. I never, um, you know, so so, just, just something I got fast. tired of, and I and I, you know, Oof. something just, that I don't enjoy doing when I go to those conventions. Just not not the horror ones, but just going to a convention. Got to the bone gore yeah. here is pretty nice. nice. I get tired of seeing fat stormtroopers. Yeah, well, you don't have to worry about that at horror conventions. No, no, but I'm saying, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I get really tired of that, and it's a real put-off for me, (laughs) and it doesn't make me want to go spend money. Yeah. When there's fat stormtroopers. Like last year when I went to meet William Shatner, I can't tell you how, and I'm like, why are fat stormtroopers at a William Shatner signing? Why are (laughs) you in here watching him talk? Because I guarantee he doesn't like Star Wars. Oh, and there's rat eating his fucking. It's like oof. you're, you know, it's like yeah, that's nasty right there. Oof. Yeah, I get it, you know, um, but there's not too much of that at horror conventions. I mean, I think the five hundred first had like a table there, to and then I always stuff, get. I will tell you something else. I always get too, and it gets really old. Is you'll get in line, and I don't know how. I, I've never figured this out. I don't know how Star Wars fans find me at conventions, <laughs> and I'm in line, and it's like there was this lady. Like this middle-aged lady with her kids, like her 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 like you know, ten to fifteen-year-old kids, and she's all like, "We we teach the force in our house and blah and all this yeah. stuff." And I'm like, I'm like, you know, if Star Wars wasn't a put off for me, which it is, but if it wasn't, it really is when you deal with stuff like that, and it yeah. makes it makes it hard for me. To enjoy anything else around me when they're that kind of fucking... Literally, someone that needs a straight jacket is at that convention. Right. It's like, wow, you never leave your home, do you? <laughs> like, I mean, it's actually scary. Right. Well, that's the good thing about horror. You haven't had sex in 20 years. No. You just sit at your house Look, and a, pretend the force is real. It's a mixed bag with, stuff, with regular conventions like that and, like, you know, sci-fi stuff. But at horror conventions... No, it sounds like the horror ones are safe. They're safe because it's our, it's our thing. Deal with it. You know, sometimes they have wrestling and stuff like that. But that's, you know, kind of... It doesn't really affect anything. Like, you got right. your wrestling nerds. They're kind of horror nerds usually, too. And then often you'll find a lot of metalheads there because it goes hand in hand. It's like what we do. And fans right. listen to our shit. We're more inclined to go to a horror convention than go see, um, you know, like a local convention that brings, you know, right. sci-fi and maybe one yeah, or two Yeah, because that, that stuff, man, I just... If it's a mixed bag, they're taking their kids. And they have kids sometimes at these conventions, but they're like, you know, you have little kids dressed up as the Sam from but, but, Trick but, or Treat, but, and that's cute. And, you but know, all but this hear me out, stuff, though, but, but, they're, but they're not standing there telling you how Michael Myers is real yeah. and how his kids know about it. Yeah. And, and this Christmas... Yeah. Uh, Michael Myers is going to return to the big screen <laughs> with his lightsaber and teach everybody about the ways <laughs> of the world. It's fucking stupid, and I'm I'm tired of it. I I honestly would like to go to a. This is awful to say on here, but it's the truth. I want to go there with like a street oh. sweeper shotgun. Like I just don't. <laughs> oh. I don't want to deal with people, man. And another head explosion. It's beautiful. No, oh, yeah, it's great. You got blood on the tits. You got nice. Damn, that's. Full head explosion. That's but I beautiful. just, you know, I don't want to deal with, with people at that stuff, you know? That's what I'm it's saying. Just... The horror conventions are safe, generally. I've never had issues with other people. Usually, you know, I, I make friends just by being there. You nice. Know? Um, people just like, and, you know, I'll wear my metal t-shirts, and they'll be like, dude, you want to come up to room 212, we'll fucking party. You know, cool, man. Um, you done that? Yes, just based on my, nice. I wore King Diamond shirt, and I ended up 
meeting Brandaler from Mastodon because of my shirt and all this weird shit. Like, you know, um, just a lot of cool, cool experiences out of nothing, just me being there. And people are just really nice. And, you know, seeing – I'd rather see people dressed as Leatherface or Ghostface even than see them dressed as Stormtroopers or something stupid like that. I mean, I, I get it and I like Star Wars and all that, but I'm just not really like a – a five oh first guy or any of that kind of any of that kind of shit, you know, because I see it too much and it's just you know, it's well, kind of, it's kind of just weird. I'd rather I'm more of a Halloween guy. I like watching, you know, I like being in that world. I've never. It's it's. I've I never. Mean, do I've you ne- know what here's, I mean? Here's the argument. Just... Here's the argument, and this is for me. I'm not saying everybody. I've never been around a bunch of cosplay Star Wars people and felt like I'm in Star Wars. This is amazing. I'm always just like, oh, cool, look, it's a Stormtrooper. Oh, it's Boba Fett, that's cool. But I've never felt like I was immersed in Star Wars because they're around me. And I think that's what they feel like. But with horror conventions... It's worse than that, though. It's worse. Well, that's what I'm saying. In horror conventions, though, I actually feel like it's Halloween again. And it feels cool because people are dressed up as, like, scary shit or gory, you know, like serial killers and stuff. I I enjoy... Do you know how dumb it is? Now, I want to talk about this a second. And this is, and this is, these are people that need a reality check. And we talked about this probably six months ago, and I'm going to talk about it again just for a second. You're not Deadpool. You're not. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. You're not Deadpool. And I'm tired of seeing, and you know the convention I'm talking about, I'm not going to give it any kind of press. And it's like, Jethro Biggins from Maribel is Deadpool. It's like, no, you're not. You're not fucking Deadpool. And your Jethro boyfriend is not fucking Wolverine. Those characters aren't fucking real. And if they were, then I'll get my picture with Hugh Jackman or Ryan Reynolds. And I like those characters. You're not them. Right. And I'm tired of that cosplay shit. You, anybody want to ever offend me? Talk about cosplay stuff. I, those, every one of you, everyone, if you're listening, every person that does it, you need to grow up. <laughs> you're not ten. You're also not the actor that plays them in the film. Mm-hmm. Does it not offend you? It offends me. Have you not seen this? They'll have like a full like, Jimmy Johns is Deadpool. It's like, no, you're not. You're not. Ron Reynolds is Deadpool. You know. That's just me. Yeah. I can't deal with it. I cannot say deal it, with it. It's that. different when you're at a horror convention because it's supposed to be dressed up, you know. There's also I'm not costume, talking about that. There's also costume contests, but if you're like Walking around as Gambit or, or Jubilee or you know Captain America, it just looks kind of goofy. It's like maybe for Halloween. I'm not when talking you're drunk, about but. somebody that makes this costume that's walking around in it. I'm talking about somebody that legitimately, legitimately is advertised as a guest. Oh yeah, that yeah. You're not Ron Reynolds. <laughs> oh, they're like have Chris, your have your kid Chris come Evans. meet Deadpool like that kind of shit no no it's it's happening like yeah. I see this stuff and there are people around this area that yeah. do that stuff that think they're really those characters I'm like Deadpool is not 5'8 yeah Deadpool's my height you're and I'm I don't think I'm Deadpool and I know you're not Deadpool <laughs> Ron Reynolds is Deadpool yeah either way you know I um, can't I just can't stress to people about that. You know, and I, that's got to be a plus to the horror convention, but one of the reasons that I cannot stomach going to that stuff... And I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, 
literally a fat stormtrooper told me to move along once at one of those things from, from that. that 501st. That's where some of this uh, hatred comes from, yeah. Y'all need a straight jacket because you're not a stormtrooper. Star Wars isn't real. It's a children's television movie. That's all it is. It's not real. Deadpool's not real. But at least, at least, if you're going to do that stuff, let the actor be that character and not you pretend that you're that thing. That's why I can't go that Dragon Con shit. I guarantee you they have all that cosplay shit there. I can't deal with it. Oh, it's it's. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. You know, you're you're not. Whoever I, I, I and, and these people have you ever met these people that do they they're crazy they actually think they're this person yeah well they stay in character and all this stuff and it's like why don't you go be an actor then if you want to be a character instead of just going to these conventions for free I don't know I don't get it um, and you're not Deadpool see this part right here is supposed to be the it's just the stupid Jason I, I exhibit, can't you it's know. the Phantom of the Opera instead but it was supposed to be the uh, Look, am I the biggest Kane Hodder Jason film? Probably not. But 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 it's okay. At least he played Jason. Yeah. You can talk to him about his performance as Jason. He's not pretending to walk around the convention as Jason. He is Jason. Yeah. CJ from Part Six. You met him dressed up as Jason. Well, it's because he is Jason. Oh, nice costume, man. You can come up home my cosplay thing. No, because he actually played him. You're, you can't pretend and the, and these people they're cr- they're all crazy they're all nerds and they think they can just go into this convention and act like they're and I can't believe that the show people I guess the show people are getting laid by the girls or something no, no. and that's why they do it they get their little blowjob their their little nerd blowjob from some X-Men character or something because yeah. they all believe they're these real people but all I know is that every through Riz <clears throat> this dude I knew I met a bunch of those people that did that stuff and I literally was like wow I want to listen to Mortician. Yeah. Moving on. But yeah, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> but yeah, that's yeah, why I don't go to conventions. On I can't, the, I can't on the safe side, it. you know. I can't deal with it. With horror stuff, it's nice to go to a convention. People are dressed up. As, it's more mellow. Yeah, it's, it's they're dressed up, but they're not in your face. You know, some of them try to be in They're dressing up because it's fun. Yeah. They're not dressing up because they think they're that person. Yeah, they just do it to have a good time because it's Halloween and fucking June. Like, why wouldn't you? It's, it's, it's an escape... For, for us to nerd out in a horror fashion. And if you're going to dress up, you know, that that's part of it. That's Halloween and, and, and style. And it's uh, it's a fun way to, to meet people, too, when you're partying with them and they're dressed up. You know, I feel like it's, it's Halloween again and it's summer. It's nice. Um, I don't know. I don't walk around concerts pretending I'm Millie from Creator. <laughs> you don't pretend you're uh, You know, and, yeah. and... Now, if I was in Creator, but... Well, me and you both look like we're in bands anyway, so you wouldn't really have to go far. Yeah, well, I mean, I, see, I, do, I, I do do music stuff, but that's that's not. Here's the other thing with me, but, but I'm not I'm not so far gone that I actually think and believe that I'm a superhero when superheroes don't exist. The other thing is, I wouldn't be. I'm not the type to be in costume because if I'm going to take a picture with a guest that I really like. I don't want to be dressed up as him or dressed up as a zombie with George Romero. Like, that's really dumb. I know a lot of people do it, and that's what they like, and that's fine. But I like to just take a picture where it's myself and George Romero. I don't want to take a picture where it's me as a zombie and George Romero. Like, well, you know, same thing as an autograph. I hate when anybody puts two, two, two Vincent uh, Kane Hodder. Yeah, I have a lot of those. Two, see, I don't do that. I have them sign it. That's it. And the reason being on that, kids, always remember this. You can resell it Mm -hmm. if you do that. If 
your fucking name's on it, nobody's going to buy it. Nobody will. And certain certain guests will only sign it. They will not personalize it. Like George Romero, only personalize it. Or only only uh, signs it. He doesn't personalize it. And that's fine. I, I don't care either way. However, they want to sign their name on it. If they if they usually they'll ask me. They're like, okay, who am I making out to? I'm not going to be like, no, I just want your signature. Like if they're asking me who I am, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them, and they can sign it how they want. You know, but a lot of guests will um, only do it a certain way. You know, or whatever. But it, it's really fun to, to to get to meet them, even if you're in a line and people are up your ass. You know, you still get to. Um, interact with them, and they do other things. The the pan- honestly, guys, the the panels are probably some besides the shopping. The panels are probably the coolest shit. Uh, and I didn't get to do any of them uh, last year. I did. I think we saw like the end of the Stranger Things one, and there was. I mean, there just wasn't any time. We were in line for the photo ops, and by the time that was over, we went and shopped a little bit, and then the panels were already pretty much done. So. Um, this year we're we're going a day, you know, for all three days, so it'll be a lot nicer, and uh, we'll we'll have. I think we're going to get everything done Friday, um, get all the signings done, all the photo op stuff, and then Saturday is when all the panels start, where they're really good. Like uh, Saturday is the day, the Dawn of the Dead panel. It's going to be fucking awesome. It's all the whole cast. See, that's I mean, and it is cool, but I again, it's like I. I've had I've had more negative experiences going to conventions than I have positive. Because mm-hmm. all, all it really feels like to me... Pissing, if you guys feel this way, please tell me. Pissing t- contest? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. That's why I don't like going to concerts. There's always, there, there's always 90% of the people there think that they are the biggest fan or they know everything... Honestly, and though, at, it's like I'm, I'm being completely honest with you. At horror conventions, never had that. I didn't have it happen back then. You forget, I used to go to the Fangoria yeah. conventions. Regular conventions, oh yeah. I never had an issue with that. But because regular conventions allow certain audiences to come in and act like that. With horror yeah. conventions, they're all kind of, they're pretty similar to, to you and I, or our, our fans. Like, they're horror guys, a lot of them are metal people. And they just, I've never had a bad experience hanging out or being around the horror people. I mean, it, it occasionally might happen with certain people being at conventions, but you can't help that. It's always we happening. should do a bit on here where I go with a mic and and fake interview cosplay people where I'm making fun of them. You should. Why not? It'd be funny. You can do it here while I'm gone. Would be so funny. Um. So yeah, the, the I've never had a bad experience with any people around me. Usually, everyone's trying to get their own. They're doing their own thing. They're collecting stuff because most of the people that go there, they're collectors anyway. They're not like, oh yeah, I already have that. Or I get into really good discussions with horror stuff with people and then metal stuff, and you know, it's it's just fun because um, really the the audience that's coming to these events are different than someone that's going to go to Dragon Con or you know, uh, Marble City Con, whatever the fuck all those you know. Um, it's just a different demographic, and it's a different, you know, um, group of, you know, community of people, I should say, that go to these things and travel to go to conventions like horror conventions. Because it, it's more common ground than people that have, like, oh, here's a wrestler, and here's, like, five sci-fi guys, and then here's just some dude from a TV show, here's a child star, here's a bunch of comic artists, and here's our one big blow that's, like, you know, whatever. And... That brings in all walks of life, all kinds of different people. People that'll think what horror conventions are for are weird, and like, oh, he's from a rated R movie. You don't want to meet him, and all this stuff. But horror conventions are are common ground for people like us, and it's a good place to meet newer people, or not even that, just 
people leave you alone. I mean, we're just shopping. We're meeting our celebrity people and going to the panels. I've never had anybody call me out or be weird or, you know, uh, be really rude. I mean, I've always had really good I conversations in line. With guests, sure, with some of them, but with actual well, no, fans. no, you had the guy making fun of you for having my Kevin Nash figure. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't care. He's Those people, I don't know what those people were doing there. They were just kind of Joe Blows. Like, they were just, they look like people from a 70s horror film that would have got killed off, like, right in the beginning. But uh, I think those guys were just there, like, at the hotel. I don't even think they were at the convention, because they, they didn't have stuff. They were just... Like three dudes in a fucking room or something, probably jerking each other off. I don't know. Um, that was just kind of weird. But, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. But I've never been in line or been looking at stuff and somebody's just been like, hey, my shirt better than yours. Or, yeah, I got like 100 posters signed. And, you know, I've, I've never had anybody bother me. Except well, for yeah, that. because everything you said you haven't had happen there, I have had had at regular conventions. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, regular conventions. If you go to Atlanta, you're going to Specifically, and I want to be specific and put a tag on this for people that want to know what I'm attacking, sci-fi conventions specifically. Yeah, because those people are kind of, I mean, just know-it-all assholes anyway. I'm not knocking anybody. I love sci-fi. The Doctor's a huge fan of sci-fi stuff. And, you know. But you're right. But. You're right. Just the general populace. Very, very And even when they don't know anything, they think they know everything. Yeah. And that's, that's that's more of it than anything. And you're gonna find hard that. And a, you it's know. like you know, uh, James C. Kirk is from Iowa, and it's like, well, he was actually really from here, and then they moved it in the story to you know, it's like, uh, whatever, dude. Um, not trying to be critical or you know, we're just here to have a good time, and I think Days of the Dead really does that, and. It's a good place to bring horror fans together and just meet. You know, when I went to uh, Atlanta, Mrs. Gorkrites had fallen asleep. And actually, I want to say this was Mad Monster when we went last year or the year before. I don't remember. We'll just say it's it was Days of the Dead. But I think it actually was the other one. Either way, uh, she had fallen asleep. And I was like, I'm going to go hang out because I'm still not even really drunk. So I just want to go have a good time still maybe find a room party and she was like okay you know be safe and so I started seeing you know people were telling me about this room so I ended up going and there was this couple that was there and they were dressed like you know the Adams family or whatever um Morticia and uh what's it Gomez and he was a real life mortician and it was really fucking cool just talking to him about that job and just very casual guy. He wasn't trying to act like he was Gomez. He was just dressed like Gomez. Just being himself. And, you know, uh, that guy was really fucking cool. And I met a bunch of people that night that were just, you know, uh, a lot of fun. Just hung out with. Had, you know. Um, so there's always, uh, there's always a place for that. You can always find parties at night and stuff if you're into that. If you're into just meeting people and, and getting really drunk or however you party um, that's kind of what Days of the Dead's famous for is just like all the the hallway parties and stuff in the hotels and um, since I started going to that convention I've always that's never not been a thing especially Saturday night it's always the huge party stuff so um, yeah it's, it's 
it's a lot of fun, so definitely check it out. Hi! And Mrs. Gore cries his home. How are you? Julia, I left ten minutes after I texted you. What the hell happened? The interstate is like... <laughs> Stands, fucked. Complete standstill from Cherry Street all the way to Cedar Bluff going this way. Complete standstill. Wow. So it's a 25 minute drive of complete standstill traffic, and the, the traffic coming this way was, I don't. Okay, it was going to shit store, but it didn't. Yeah. Apparently it's accidents. No. Oh. But it better be like a 20 car pile up, and everybody better be dead. Yeah, people were driving like shit when I went out, so. I can only imagine. And I was out that way earlier, so. You're lucky you didn't go that way. Later, That's why I went early. I always do that. Stuck as fuck. Anyway, Zach Galligan. Like getting stuck in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> now they're in an attic looking at some weird shit. So they got a Ouija board an I saw addict. there. Yeah, an addict. At what? <laughs> attic. Oh. An addict. I was gonna say, that doesn't sound like a they're finding all this Nazi bullshit. Or is that. That was, uh. Franklin D. Roosevelt, I think. In a <laughs> Time magazine. Yeah, it's weird. One of the only not Nazis we've had as president, so that's nice. Horror Lord murdered. Yeah, I sat down with Steve and we talked about. I mean, as much as we could. I don't think he really. He was more stoned than I think he was. Oh, yeah, now, now let's about. shift gears here from uh, talking about me and going to the convention and stuff to you. All these fucking shows you've been to right. last week. We'll just talk about what was your uh, favorite one, for performance-wise, first, that you saw. I do. <clears throat> Out of all the bands you saw these past two months, the, your favorite that you've seen live. Of this whole year, or just what? No, I, just what just you've been doing. Just those six shows. Yeah, the last few shows you've been doing. Cryptopsy. Cryptopsy. Wow. Cryptopsy Invader. Wow. Those are my favorites. So kind of tied it to? Yeah. Awesome. Um, and that's nothing against other stuff. I just... I yeah, I was saying your favorite, you know. No matter what, I know. They were just really good. I like them. It's, I was in line to go to Vader, and I just, I, you know, couldn't go to the, well, the doctor. Well, that show carried was... That. that show was just, I don't know. There wasn't hardly anybody there, and they wasn't promoted right. And you'd think on Memorial Day there would have been a lot of people there, and it wasn't. Well, that's probably why there wasn't. You know, well... It's very busy. They were... They were family and stuff. And, well, everybody's... Celebrating a bar- National Barbecue Day. <laughs> yeah, they're celebrating. Uh, well, it was it was weird too because that show was supposed to be at a regular venue that we go to. Yeah, and, and they, they it. well, they didn't want it hmm. for whatever reason. Wow, and they did it to put some kind of local band fest thing in there, and he was mad about that. Oh, I'm and, sure, and now he won't go back there. So. I may have seen them the last time they ever play Atlanta because he was just mad wow. about all that. But um, yeah, I I don't know. It th- they were all good. Um, I didn't interview Morbid Angel, but Morbid Angel was really good. Um, everything I saw was good. I, I wasn't disappointed with uh, with any of the the bands that I. I mean, I was disappointed disappointed with one of the interviews, but I wasn't disappointed with. That band's performance, and I wasn't disappointed. I won't say who it was, and I, but I wasn't disappointed with any of the bands that I saw. I was disappointed with, and I will talk about this in a second. Jungle Rod is one of the worst bands in the world. <laughs> How that band has a record deal is beyond me. Those guys are assholes too. I hope they die in a bus accident. Um, 
they were a bunch of pricks. Um, that's just the truth. Uh, Warbringer's another band they can die in a bus accident. Um, it's the truth. It's fucking rude. And it's funny, like they were given. I want to talk about Warbringer. So Warbringer was giving me shit because I was hanging out with Destruction the whole time, and they didn't get to the whole tour. And I'm like, I mean, if you listen to your band, he probably thinks you guys are a bunch of fruits. Yeah. You know, who would want to listen to that crap? Schmear's a great guy. Destruction was great. Um, well, and yeah, that shirt I'll, you got by the way, the agony shirt. Oh yeah, it's over there. It's itching me because I haven't washed it yet. But yeah, it's it, it was great. It was a great. All of the stuff was good. Uh, Vader was just really good. I mean, all of it was good. Sevocations, they've got a great product out right now, and their, the, their lineup they have, their touring lineup's great. And, and Of course, you miss Frank, but Kevin did a really good job. And um, I liked I liked all of it. I, But, yeah, if, if I had to pick a favorite, it was probably Cryptopsy or Vader. Awesome. But And, again, the, the Vader, it's actually sad that Vader, the Vader probably won't be back in the South again. Yeah. Just because I think he's getting tired of people not showing up. I mean, there weren't there weren't thirty people at that show. That sucks. Yeah, and the, and the rest of that bill was 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 god awful, except for internal maybe that bleeding. was part of it. Internal bleeding was good. Oh, another yeah, they, crush. they have them touring with like the wrong type of music. It's like, yeah. and I think those bands were br- meant to bring people out, but I think the Vader fans, I think, felt more like, what is this you're touring? Well, with? I think they need to be with. You know, Vader's kind of an upper echelon death metal band. I think they need to be recognized for that and have more of a strong bill for bands like that. You know, because yeah, Internal Bleeding didn't fit on that bill. And yeah, I, I love Internal Bleeding, and I think that's the closest thing that fit to Vader. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's more of like just old school, more older death metal stuff or slam stuff, even closer to that audience. But you know, Vader's just—I mean. That's like top top shelf stuff. For That's what I'm saying. It was, and they it was pathetic that nobody was there, and you know, it's like the 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 reason I think they did so well in Maryland is because they played that first album all the way through, and, and he awesome. talked about that. It is, but and at that's the same also time, you know. And hear me out on this. In Maryland, you got Vader up there with Autopsy and and Morbid Angel, and you know, uh, even Candlemass, like stuff like that. That that makes sense. It's like all those bands and Vader's there. It's like yeah, I get it. And Cryptopsy even, you know. Um, so all that stuff, and then you got Vader. That makes perfect sense. But when you have Vader headlining, and it's like you know internal bleeding and some other just you know up and coming death metal band stuff. Yeah, it's like you know, it's they don't like throwaway stuff. They don't need to you know. They need to be on a definitely a higher tier. But you know, I mean, tour. there's tours that happen like that all the time. Goat Horse shouldn't be opening for Amon and Marth. Yeah, that's garbage. But at least Amon and that Marth. bill doesn't that bill doesn't even make any sense. Neither one of those bands fit together. That would be well, like their label mates, at least. It is, but that it's but at st- least it's it's a big band and a and a big band. It's not just Amon and Marth, or it's not just Goat Horse. You yeah, but it's two totally different types of music. It's it like I just don't. When you when you do that, you alienate your fan bases, and I they think you're bringing people in, but in reality, you're alienating people. Like I'll give you the best example was that Black Dahlia murder and Napalm Death. What a horrible bill! To yeah, because have those bands toured. Black Dahlia murder left, or the fans of Black Dahlia murder left and didn't watch Napalm Death. There was like thirty people left for Napalm Death. Yeah, there was nobody watching them. There was probably less than that. It was bad. And I guess at some some shows in certain cities. And states or whatever you kind of get where everyone stays and it's great and I'm sure that happens but at the same time it's like I don't know I've, I've never been a fan of it but it's 
not really much they can control. And a lot of these bands really want the younger audiences to come out and, and try them out and see what they're all about. And, and a lot of the times they might get those new fans and stuff, and, and that's cool for them. But at the well, same, the same time, thing happened with Destruction. There was nobody watching Destruction. Everybody wanted to see the crap before them. That's crazy. Everybody was there to like that that horror we see at every show. Mm-hmm. She it was like all over that Warbringer band, and I mean, I mean, I've farted with more talent than that band has. You know, <laughs> you're talking about a band that opens for fucking Iced Earth. It's like they're not that really. They they act like they're like rock stars, and it's like your band sucks. And I hate to tell you, just thrash music in general sucks. It's like I don't want to see your crappy band. <laughs> and Jungle Rod, I, I'll go go back to that again. What a what a horrible band. And anybody that talks shit about Carrie King, you can just fuck off and die. Yeah. It's like, you you kind of cut your own throat on that. Have fun opening for bands the rest of your life, because you're never going to get on an upper echelon tour again after doing that. Yeah, you they know. don't really tour anyway. Well, you can't do that. You can't, you know, for, for all the bad stuff you could or could not say about Dying Fetus, at least Dying Fetus doesn't bite the hand that feeds it. I don't like those guys, but they, they play ball with people and they get on big tours. You can't act like that and take a shit on a band like Slayer when you're jungle rot and expect to get on upper echelon tours, which if you notice they don't anymore. No. They cut their own throat. Yeah. You know. And you can't you can't play ball like that. And that's you know, there's plenty of bands I don't like, but you know, I'm not getting paid till I'm getting a paycheck and I'll say whatever the fuck I want, but you know. But I mean, it's the truth. That that bill, destruction was amazing. Schmear, the interview is fantastic, but the rest of that bill was a toilet. <laughs> Every band on that bill sucked. Yeah, it was just garbage. It's like, and you could tell it was thrown together by label stuff. It was awful. Yeah, that's kind of just what you get now. I mean, you just gotta go later, sit through the bands. I mean, there's not really because every it's also hard to get a really good bill together because bands have such hectic schedules where it's like. Oh, we we tried to get Crisium, but they're over in fucking Denmark. Or we tried to get, you know, uh, this band, but they're in Italy. I mean, uh, one of the what what I mean, the destruction thing was explained to, to me. They come over here and they don't know any of these bands and all this stuff. It's just also gets on the tour when they're them. coming to America, they're losing money. So sure. a lot of bands don't want to come here unless it's you know smaller bands that aren't getting much of a paycheck out of it because they can pay them. You know, a smaller cut. I mean, I don't want to name any names. It's like when we saw Creator. Nothing on that bill could touch Creator. No. Nothing. Mm. That's it. And you, it's the same with the Destruction thing. You, all those bands, it's like you can try all you want and then just get have the floor wiped with you. No, you you talk about a, a band times, that's been doing it 30 years, it's like... Maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of bands, or at least a lot of you know tour organizers do that. You know, so the, the headliner that's from Germany or wherever is getting more money when they put lower bands on the bill that don't expect to have like a big guarantee or whatever. Right. So it mainly goes to the headliner because they're losing money coming over here to tour and have 40 people stand there and watch them. For that's another an thing I want to mention. Half. As as so. nice as Cryptopsy was, and aside from... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll excuse two bands. Aside from uh, Decrepit Birth... And aside from, uh, oh, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that band. They weren't on the tour yet. Visceral Discourse? Yeah. That's the only two bands. And, and Cryptos, I'll excuse, the rest of that tour was garbage. Mm-hmm. That Rivers and Neil band is horrible. <laughs> horrible. Unprofessional and horrible. It's just like this, like, 
20 year old metal stuff I just don't understand it it's like and then they try to look and dress like they're in like these 80s bands it's like you look like an idiot it's just dumb <laughs> the whole vest thing it's like you're not schmear you don't get to wear a vest you look like a fucking jack off <laughs> and I, it's just my opinion I, I just don't it's the same that Warbringer band I, it's one of the worst crap I've ever seen in my life I'd rather I'd rather jump off of a building and splatter somewhere than <laughs> listen to that sewage in my ears you know but yeah it's wow. like um, it's it's just it's ridiculous to have to sit through that stuff and it, it, it nauseated me having to spend my money to go get the interviews and then have to sit through that sewage yeah. and have to deal with them uh, backstage and stuff and I kept having people trying to shake me down or whatever yeah. that were backing that stuff but most of the time that didn't happen because fortunately on every one of those I was except for suffocation I was dealing with the headliner directly right so I didn't have to deal with with the lower echelon bands, you know, like the like Revocation, I didn't watch that fucking band. I'm not going to. Yeah, I wouldn't interview them if you had a gun to my head, you know. So or that Withered band, I'm not watching that crap, you know. And that's fine. You want to pay to play to be on a tour? That's fine. But they, I think they should have had, you know, Condemned or or uh, or uh, Aborted Fetus or some of these other real death metal bands on these death metal tours instead of this crap. Because Revocation is not a fucking death metal band. Yeah, I don't know what it is. No, they're not a death metal band. They're like a hipster beard metal band. It's like why are you why are you on this death metal bill? Because Morbid Angel and Suffocation is a strong death metal bill. Yeah, and right. you should have death metal bands. That Winds of Plague or Withered, excuse me, is not a is not a death metal band. I don't know what you are, but you're not a death metal band. I listen to it. It's not like some kind of thrash shit, but it's not death metal. And to me, if you're going to have a death metal bill, why not take out some why why not take out Pathology? Why not take out you know? Uh, Lords that, that Lords that Lords uh, that I that I'm into that Lords band I can't think of their Lords of Belial yeah man why don't you yeah. take those cats out from Italy that band's nasty because uh, what was that you know take out take out oh. some of these cats that want it that want it to or you know well and, bands like Revocation and stuff are more popular they sell records and but you know again you that's know, why doing, they put them on there they, yeah but you're dividing your audience again because no, you know care. what happened when they're Revoca- trying to cover you know what happened ass. when Revocation finished playing they left. Oh yeah, but they don't care as long as the people make. Nobody their money. watched Suffocation or Morbid Angel. Everybody wanted to watch that stupid band and if, leave. If people make their money, then that's what they're going to do. Uh-huh. They're going to try and cover their ass because they're losing money. As, lo- as long as people realize that you will never hear Doctor Vincent West interview anything he doesn't like, it will never happen. No, me neither. I don't. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to sit here and praise bands that I think are dog shit. Yeah, we're we're fans that the Summer Slaughter tour is garbage, except for Origin. It's absolute garbage. Yeah, I don't get it. No, I get it. Dying Fetus and Black Diamond are going to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. That rings a Saturn. I don't know why, but people like that band. And I, you know, whatever. If that's what you want to listen to, and you're 20 years old, and you've got nut hugger jeans, and you know, you're going to go uh, fuck your girlfriend that works at Dairy Queen. <laughs> you guys are going to get an apartment and have a kid, and then she'll leave you for a black dude that plays sports. That's your life. You know, you want to do that <laughs> and listen to Revocation by all means. Just leave me out of it, you know. I just don't get it. I don't. <laughs> there's nobody at Vader, but there's people, you know, watching Revocation. I don't get it. It just tells you. It just tells it. It fortifies to me as a as a hardcore death metal fan that the the scene in this country is a joke. And I'm glad. And I want to thank specifically all of our European listening fans. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, Corey and I live in a sewer, and we're trying to keep it alive trying to keep it alive in America because it's hard to do because 
bands go on these tours and they they're with a bunch of bad people and they don't do the things that they should do. They should tour with lots of good bands, not bad bands. I fully agree. Pretty sure that bacon got full of water. It did. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, yes. <laughs> but um, but you know, it's just yeah, we have so many fans from 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 South America and the Ukraine and and. And Europe, just in general, and, and I can't thank you in Norway, and thank you for liking my page and sending me friend requests and talking to me online. Feel free to reach out to me whenever you want, and I appreciate you all liking the page and listening to what we do. And even if you don't, you like it, and it makes us look good. And thank you because it's that's what's important to me at the end of the day. I don't I don't care about I I get upset about this stuff because I don't like the way that the business works. But yeah, but you know, I don't think the bands do either. They got to do what they got to do to make money and. You know, um, well, I don't think the bands generally pick the bills or anything like that. Well, I can tell you this: if you guys want to know this, I heard it right out of his mouth. Trey completely denounced everything on that bill except for, except for suffocation. Yeah, he did to my face, and I was like, "I'm going to quote you." He's like, "Quote me." So there you go. Right. So it's not just me that knows. You you can't sell someone a pile of shit and tell them that it's gold. It's yeah. like, and I don't know why that band. Why they get the work that they do, and and you know, an even bigger mystery to me how their former drummer is now Paul and Cannibal's drum tech. I don't understand how that happened. The guy's a cokehead. Like I don't, know, I just don't understand any of that. I don't. I it just nauseates me. You know, it's like that Skeleton Witch band. They're like the crabs of metal. They show up on like every tour. <laughs> like oh, there's a tour going on. Oh, Revocation or Skeleton Witch are there because they're the they're the venereal disease of metal. <laughs> it's beard metal dog shit spawned by Mastodon. I don't know. It's yeah. crap. I'm tired of seeing it though. I'm tired of seeing that stuff show up on bills. There's some zombie stuff, and they're trying to rip Zach Gallagher. Oh yeah, this whole thing goes back and forth where he's jumping through time. It's just like the second one. It's great. It's really nice. Um, <clears throat> a lot of and you'll hear when, when the, the interview. You guys listen to the interview with Steve. He doesn't like any of this stuff. Oh, I got him on a round about it. It's great. You know, he's just like, we're going to do what we do. It's pure. People can't see that it's pure where it came from. And that's it, you know. That's all you can do at the end of the day. You get people that get it. You get people that don't get it. Like when you go to a horror convention, people in line to meet Steve Dash, people either get Potato Sack Jason or they don't get it. Yeah. You know. You got the other people across the thing wanting to talk to to Seth Haig because they like Rob Zombie films, you know. And they don't understand what Friday the 13th is, so whatever, you know. I play the, it's like these idiots I when I play the video game. They don't, they don't even know what they're doing. That's like it, too. I heard a good game. It's great. I love it. I get to go kill them. <laughs> and that's the joy of video games. You guys want to add me on PlayStation Network? It's Vincent West 666 Very easy to find. Add us PSN and... Uh, Have fun. Let's play Friday the 13th together. It'll be fun. But I... You know, I just don't... I some guy and some like old grandma lady trying to talk to me at one of those shows. I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Terrence, can we go on your bus? <laughs> I just don't want to deal with it. I get it now. I, I actually can honestly say after that last trek of things, I was getting there anyway. After we started doing this a year ago, over a year ago, and I, I see why these guys hot on the bus. I don't want to talk to half these people either. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, after they're just hot out. That makes yeah. sense. And, and and in that reflect of something that's coming up, I guess that's maybe maybe that's why 
maybe that's why one of our guests was abrasive with me. Maybe he just didn't want to deal with it because he got forced into it by the label. So oh, I'm sure. When it happens, we're all human. These guys aren't exempt from emotion or anything. No, no. <clears throat> if anything, they deal with it on a way higher level than we'll ever understand because it's very hard to be a. A road, but to switch to a road musician and, and having a being a different time zone every day and um, be away from your family and, sure. and constantly be a hundred percent and it, you we you weaken day by day a lot of people work out. But I want to say this. I want to say this, Steve. It's just tough, man. Steve and Glenn from Deasod, Schmier from Destruction, and the whole band from Destruction. All those guys and their tour manager. Thank you. And. Peter from Vader, just Peter, just the rest of those guys didn't say anything to me, but they can't speak English, so I'm not really knocking them. Right. Terrence from Suffocation, and then Flo from and and Matt. Yeah. Wow. What a welcome I got from those guys, and it, and that's that's why it's worth it at the end of the day, you know. And it's the other stuff; it doesn't really, you know. But yeah, the you know without me saying it because I don't want to get rid of the you know which my least favorite interview was and it's yeah. just it's just it's it it's, happens it's, it's well it's actually starting to sink even lower and lower. Yeah, I, I love their music and I'm not even going to say who it is because I am a fan. But I just it's one of those things where it's just like why well, I shouldn't even have done this. Yeah, and it's a shame. So you got five out of the six interviews were good. You got some straight up flashings going on. Is that Galligan's in here with a with a fucking sawed off? I will say something weird this. though. I want to talk about the Deicide and a comparison to the Deicide and the Vader show. This made no sense to me. The Deicide show sold out on a Sunday, on a work week, and the Vader show they couldn't give tickets away to it on a holiday on a non-work day. And that makes no sense to me in a city that big. Some play, sometime like Memorial, you know, Memorial Day weekend is. Crazy because a lot of people just spend time with family. They're not going. You're to shows. right. Yeah. You're, and you know, I don't. I'm so disconnected from all that. Not really having family. Mm-hmm. You and Alexis are more my family. I know I'm like the probably bad family member, but I still <laughs> appreciate you all as family. And I, I forget that sometimes when I'm at this stuff because I don't really. I can't relate to going. Oh, well, we've got to go to Uncle Joe's and and uh, Jimmy Tim's and. Blah blah, and eat hot dogs and barbecue and stuff. I just don't think about it, and I realize people do that stuff, but I guess I just don't think about it that way. I guess I'm more in the mindset of like the band member, where it's like, why is there nobody fucking, you know? Yeah. So it makes sense from both ends. It's like, why isn't anyone here? And it's like, well, why? But I get it. I guess I do get it. You'd rather play catch with your kids or your nephew or uh, hang out with your niece or and have a hot dog. I don't know or at, the, at the lake or whatever they do. <laughs> have you know? a hot dog. But it was raining too. That was another thing. I figured the weather's bad. We're gonna people here, you know. And it filled up, but it didn't. It never filled up. Filled up. Not like Deicide. Deicide unbelievably was packed. Yeah. But you know, it's. I don't know. I wonder how that works like that. You know, there weren't as, there weren't hardly anybody at Morbid Angel. I was actually surprised about that. Yeah. That didn't do as well as I thought it would. I'm curious. Know, a lot of people are weird about the. Steve Tucker thing, which is stupid. I mean, I think it's great. Um, plus, Dave Vincent wrapped up the Covenant thing a few years back. So, I mean, you could have seen him the last few years and play the whole record. Yeah, yeah. you could. That's their most popular record. Yeah. And then now that. you're onto the Steve stuff. A lot of people are not fond of that. It's it's interesting though. You're you know, but I I forget. To I like both. It's stuff more of an like angel, you know. But I mean, I forget to think about There's that. There's no reason to choose sides. You either like 
some of it or you don't like yeah. any of it. Yeah. You know. I like both from both both perspectives. It's it is it's still it's the good. same band, it's just different a little bit different lyrical content and uh the it's actually heavier the the Steve stuff, which I love about it. Um but they both have their own their own positive qualities to the to the style and you know, it, it helped make uh the band itself and death metal what it is. I mean, you know. When you to touch back on the side thing, your favorite record, Steve wrote that whole thing. Once Upon the Cross? The whole thing. Awesome. And I want to also talk about this. This is something for any hardcore side fans out there when you listen to this. The Hoffmans had very little to do with that band. Other than the name. But zero lyrical input after the first album. You know who wrote Legion? Steve. It's awesome. That's what I'm saying. I mean, any of their top-tier echelon stuff, minus the first album, the Hoffmans were involved in that record. But outside of that, their influence that I always thought was so important apparently isn't that important. And I think that's why DSI continues to put out good records is because Steve is still writing everything. Glenn does his own lyrics. But on Once Upon the Cross, that was Steve. Hmm. Oh, something else fun for you guys, because we got, we got so much hate mail about me not asking Chris Barnes or Corey asking Chris Barnes about the Created to Kill sessions. I Guess what I did ask Steve about? I did ask him about the bombing in that club where the show was canceled. Wow. He does talk about that in the interview. And our demon cat also interviewed Steve. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. I have, like, cream cheese and bacon and raw chicken over here, so she's... Like, All yeah, about she, it. She's ready to... That's fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But I, yeah, it's it's. I, it was exciting to get to ask him about that. He said he said he didn't think anything about it. But I mean, how could you not think about a bomb threat? That's scary, especially nowadays. I guess it's just commonplace. But back then, it's like it's just weird, you know. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, hopefully people enjoy getting to hear that because I figured I'd, what what's some good questions I can pull out of my ass. People are going to aggravate me about not asking him. <laughs> so I asked him about the bomb scare, and and here's what else. he confirmed that it was black metal bands that did do it. Apparently, it was uh, the Burzum guys that were involved in that. Right. I don't know why they hate Glenn Benton and DSI, but apparently they do. I guess because they're from America or something. I don't know. Yeah, the but whole, the but whole you point. know what the whole interesting thing with the black metal thing is, and I and I I hate to again pull the flag down on people with this, but the death metal thing was going way before that ever started. Right. You can't attack something that was before you. Yeah. You cannot like it. It's like the Beatles. You don't have to like the Beatles, but you have to give the Beatles their due into tons of music, you know. Right. Whether you like it or not, they what they stood Chuck Berry. I don't listen to Chuck Berry ever, but Chuck Berry was heavily influential in having all the music we have today, you know. Uh, badass black dude wearing right. it out on the guitar and singing and stuff, you know. But you have to give that, and that's... People don't do that, right. but those black metal bands, I guess they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. But yeah, they tried to kill, specifically Steve was saying they didn't want to kill Deicide, they wanted to kill Glenn. Wow. So. I guess maybe they felt he wasn't legit. Yeah, it's great. It's in the interview. It's great. I mean, he didn't get too much into it, but what's funny is he kind of just blew it off. But you know that had to have scared the hell out of them. It would have scared the hell out of me. You're in a foreign country, and those bands are on their turf, and they're threatening to kill you. It's a little much. Right. And this was '95 uh, when that happened. Mm. But yeah, that's on the interview. So 
And to my knowledge, because I've watched a ton of interviews with him, and I've never heard anybody ask him about that bombing. Right. So I went ahead and did it. He was cool. He's really stoned in the interview, and then I ended up getting stoned. and <laughs> The interview just kind of, there it went. But. It was pretty funny, because, you know, the doctor was sending me pictures, you know, to my cell phone, you know, when he was meeting them, and I was like, how's the show going, or how's the interview? And he just sent me a picture and it's him and Steve. And I was like, you guys look high as a kite. Like, Steve can't even fucking see. And then, you know, the doctor, I was like, I haven't seen you that wrecked in a long time. Like, oh, I was really bad stoned. It was funny. Now, this this scene right here is really interesting. There's like a witch thing and a doctor thing. And But yeah, it was, it was really cool. cool. Yeah, this movie's really neat. But I just, I, didn't, I don't know. I so guess. It's like a rated R monster squad. That's what this reminds me of. It's like a gory monster squad. Now I know why this is one of the Doctor's favorite horror movies. Yeah, I like. And there's this movie. like a. Like it's a just like a. Island? It's just like a monster movie. It's cool. Ew. I like how all the stuff comes to life. Oh shit! Sir Wilfred to the rescue. Huh. Well, this is pretty cool. I'll wait until the doctor's out of the can so I can present this thing. I'm baking bacon. You're baking bacon? Baking bacon. What? Right, I'm going to go in the hot seat now. I'm going to ask Mrs. Gorecross something on the podcast because I've been very nervous about it ever can since. Can I ask you something? Can you take a fork and bend that aluminum foil up because I'm scared yeah. of it? Yeah, I screw up doing this color. Does it look weird on me? You see right Are there where sure? the grease is coming in? We just bend it up. Are you sure it doesn't look weird? <laughs> yes, thank you. Perfect. Does it look weird? Oh, now it's cool. It's like it's monster versus it's a lot more monster like hunter here on this. It's more purple, like mine is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. axes in their heads, choking people. No, it looks like my color. Though. Well, well, after I did it, I was like, it's kind of loud. It's fucking what undead ushers, and there's a fucking pirate. That's Patrick part. McNee, too. Yeah. He's a. Uh, that was Roger Moore's good friend. And wow. First of the time you guys listened to this, we lost, and lost him and Adam West. A space sucks. Invader? Yeah, it's awful. Um, this is cool. Oh, that was right in the fucking dick. The, the saber to the dick. You know, I've learned... I've actually, this is, this, uh, before we start... Please, yeah. This is from the PRP. It says, Creator have gone back in time to release the following video... For the title track to the 1986 album Pleasure to Kill, the, the clip arrives around the upcoming June 16th re-release of a number of efforts from their time on Noise Records. So, terrible certainty, extreme aggression, endless pain, and Pleasure to Kill are all being re-released. And this is what this is what Millie said of the uh, video. Said, this video is a tribute to 80s slasher movie culture. We have kept this very simple, and the idea is to take you back on a trip to the 80s to celebrate the re release of their first four albums. Enjoy. So that's pretty awesome. Millie, we love you. You're great. <clears throat> You're a very dear part of. Did you? <clears throat> so, uh, me and Mrs. Gorechrist have a little shop of horrors that's been going on. So we just have like. A billion plants in here. You do? I found a new plant today. Kroger is having clearance on all their like spring plants. And God help a, me. There's a mini banana plant, and it's the cutest thing. But you didn't get it? No, this was at work. 
I went and got, I buy my groceries like on my break so that I don't have to. I understand. She played with my banana plant earlier. But it's like this tall and he's $6 and he just, I don't know if it's a banana. There's a steak through the heart, you ugly bitch. I don't think it's a banana. That wouldn't make any sense. But it's just got really big giant leaves. It looks like a big iceberg lettuce. Like. That's funny. It's super cute. Did I ever tell, this is just completely random to tell the two of you this, but my dad is a botanist. Huh. He's retired. How many plants do we have? Like 17? No, our house is like a jungle is the reason I was telling you that. Like it literally is like... Ours is getting there. This kind of stuff and it's... We're we're going to need... You doing it here doesn't make it just feel like I'm home. It's just like... I mean, it's not like that in my room. My room looks like a 10-year-old's, but... We're going to have to have a separate moving truck. We're going to have to have a a separate... He's constantly buying stuff. Or if you just want to be rude, you can steal plants and bring them over here. Oh, shotgun blast to the chest, you did. He does give stuff away sometimes. I'll take anything that doesn't have to go in the ground. This movie goes so batshit. There's just people everywhere getting shot and stabbed. Yep, stabbed. Do you right like there. it? It's awesome. It's, it's batshit. It's amazing. It's 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 a lot like Monster Squad meets just like Phantasm. Yeah, a little bit. The campiness and the camaraderie, and then like, the, but it's dark. The gore is really it's, yeah, really it's, gory. It, it is. A lot of head crushing and face <laughs> like ripping. It. That's great. I, I, good head crushes are. Uh, well, I thought this would be good, and I. It's classic too. I felt like it's we very nice. Some big enough at the same time. I, I love the. Uh, the I love this movie. I love the throwback to the Universal stuff, like the monsters. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I really. That's really cool. It's got a good cast too. It does. Zach. Zach Gall- This is my favorite Zach Galligan thing. I think. Hands down. I love Gremlins, but it's like to me. That's. I think I talked about this in one of our other podcasts, but that that's like a Christmas movie to me. It's not like a horror movie or a. There's a little demon baby. Oh, yes. Demon baby splatter. It's I'll amazing. tell you what, this movie's way better than Wishmaster. It is. <laughs> it's way Wishmaster's better. Wishmaster's cool, though, but this is... It is, but it's cool. <laughs> Shoot the bat's head off. <laughs> Do you see now why I wanted this so bad when I saw when they announced this it? This is amazing. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's good. It's hysterical, too. Like, And uh, it's crazy that it was... Uh, Michu's, you know, died a year ago yesterday. It's nuts. He just gets shoved into a eating plant, like a man eating plant. Yes, Jesus. And they don't they don't hold back on this movie. I've seen just about everything you could possibly see in a horror movie in this film. There's zombies, there's vampires, there's mummies, there's like snake things, there's aliens, there's. Uh, I think everyone's been stabbed by every possible weapon. Like in every Jason movie, all the weapons are in this film. Plus, there's guns. So there's a lot of shooting. Uh, I saw someone get stabbed in the dick. Uh, there's gasoline being poured right now. There's pirates. I mean, this is fucking ridiculous. This movie's like if the Goonies and Monster Squad met with Phantasm and they just had like a gore, like a gore party. This is fucking insane. It is. It's it's very good though. This is a very good movie. It's it's bad shit though. Like the the sequel's pretty good. It's the same cast. Yeah, that's the one I've seen, but I don't remember it being like this. No, this movie's off. This is. It just went off the fucking hinges like about five minutes ago. It's a beautiful looking movie too. It is, yeah. And, and the Vestron Collectors series still running strong. You know they got Warlock coming out, which is really cool. We got uh, yeah. Movie. And the Wishmaster looked really good when we did actually it. the Warlock sequels are actually good. Warlock Two is actually really good, mm-hmm. and those movies are super gory. I don't remember which one of those I've seen. It's been a thousand bucks. It was either one or two. I want to say it was one, but I don't know. I've, I've seen them. I've seen all They're of them. They're good. Julian Sands is mm-hmm. awesome in those movies. But yeah, I like the... Because uh, you know the, the premise with that. He's he's Lucifer's basically heretic. Yeah. 
<laughs> which is great. It is cool. But it's, this one's like, uh, you know, waxwork is like, there's swashbuckling, you know, now there's sword fighting. Before yeah, it looked a, like the... kind of a piece of Rocky Horror in this, maybe. It's just kind of yeah, campy. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's also, it's flashy at times. You know, especially with, you know, like David right here. here. Yeah, yeah this is very... <laughs> this reminds me more of the Goonies right now, you know, the sword fighting. The, um, yeah, it's just weird, but it, it's cool. It's not... It doesn't seem like it shouldn't be there. It's just like, what the fuck's going on? It, which is what this movie's kind of about. It's like, what the fuck's going on? But, you know... Again. Do you know the only thing that breaks my heart about this movie? What's that? And you'll know this is I'm a huge fan of this guy's work. I begged to have him come on, but it's just never happened. I don't know if he reads it or he just ignores it, but the person that was supposed to play the starring role, they, they went with the guy from Gremlins because he was a because he was a and he is a bigger actor. But if you can imagine this for a minute, I need help. They originally wanted uh, Robert Rustler. <laughs> That's why I knew you were getting at that because <laughs> I was like, that would be so awesome. Did I not get it up enough? It just keeps coming back. Just keep bending until it's like bent all the way. There. There. Have you seen that pre-cooked walk out the door with it bacon? That freaks me out. It's probably coming out the other side. It's good. It is it? Microwave bacon? No. This is like sitting in a box like with chips and stuff. You just walk out of there and eat it. Jerky? No, it's it, it says it's you pre-cooked eat. bacon is what it says. Ew. It's like dog food. I'm telling you, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I food. haven't tried it, but it was at Walmart, and I was like, that's really odd. That's what that's that is. kind of funky. Yeah. I love David Warner, but yeah. Um, yeah, David Warner's the shit in But no, I, I want to I wanna go... This is, this is, this is my... Retribution at the end of this episode. I want to go to a horror convention again because I haven't been to one in ages, and I think it would be fun. I think I would have fun at that because um, well, go to because it's not a sci- the sci-fi thing, you know. It's not at all. I mean, they might have people that you know. I don't, I, I, I don't care about that, but and I don't care, you know, that that dead things or dead peoples or that Netflix. Thing, I don't care if those people are there. I don't give a shit. I. As long as it's not stormtroopers and fucking no superhero crap. Oh, right into the wax that. bin. That's nice. And I'll and I'll I'll love me some superhero stuff, but I I can't deal with the cosplay shit. I just can't. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking gross. It's awesome though. Yeah, and this is also kind of an homage, as you brought up earlier, to the original House of Wax with Vincent Price. So yeah, it's kind of just a hat tipping. Mm-hmm. But it's in a wax museum, so it's kind of more of a hat, kind of a hat tipping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. No, this is great though, and it's, it hasn't let up. This movie's been nasty since, like, right when it started, we saw like a face written. There's a, a decapitation from the werewolf. Nasty. It's John Rye Davies. Uh, that red on the dead shirt's gone. Already, right. it's wow. gone. The other ones are still there. Yeah, that's Fright, the only Fright one that's sold. Has right now. They got a Dawn of the Dead collection, so those are going to go fast. People, you got to. They're going fast. They started this morning and they were going. Fright rags, you got to get that shit while you can. I want to get the pins because they have like the mall security ones. That's pretty cool. That is um, cool. And they have some of the dead. You know, they have the uh, uh, Hare Krishna. You know what I'm disappointed in? or whatever. And I'm, this may shock you, but I want you to look at it for more just of a character episode. I wanted a Savini 
motorcycle gang shirt. Yeah, that would have been really cool. I don't know. They kind of had a weird uh, collection. I, I really just like the uh, the logo with the head. You know the the zombie. I like the 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 and the flyboy one's kind of cool. It is cool. But if yeah, I, I agree. If they had like a Savini motorcycle, that that's motorcycle gang. Like they're it's one of the pivotal the, parts of the film. Oh, you know, and it's it's. Or maybe you've like the mall itself, like a mall Monroeville Mall T-shirt or something that would have been cool. Yeah, um, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball on it. That. I think it said part one on it though, did it not? Or is that? Did I tell you what I ended up getting? I decided just on on one of the They Live shirts. I just got the Obey shirt. Yeah. So I want to get the one that says uh, we got one. That can we see. got one that can see on. It. I like that one, but I think they're going to discount it because it's not selling. Yeah. That's why with certain stuff when we go to these. Conventions too, you know, you can find a lot of the older shirts. You're just gonna have to pay up the ass, you know, which is why you need to go with money. Because they have. You said you found the Nightbreed shirt. I found the, the Nightbreed. I found the Nightbreed shirt, and it was Alexis and I's last day. And I found that. Was. Yeah, and it was like. Oh yeah, that shirt's rare. Yeah, Corey's like, I'm gonna buy this, and then she was like. I thought it was like. Was like no. I thought it was like forty bucks, which is fine. It's it's a little over, but you figure he was gonna buy a couple of shirts for forty because they had like a deal where you could get like two two or three for forty, and then he was like, oh, this one will be I could just get this one for forty, it's worth it. And then the movie's over. Nope. But uh, I looked at the tag and it was only certain T-shirts or something. Like they were all. What were they charging for that Decker shirt? Seventy six dollars. Someone will buy it. I would have bought it if I had the money to piss away, but I didn't have shit. That man. shirt goes for about $150. I day. wanted it so bad, but you know And what? people wonder why I buy all this, all this front rack stuff that I have if I ever sold it. Oh, yeah. You can, I set, up, you can set up a booth at the convention. <laughs> um, <laughs> Buy Dr. West, use memorabilia. You could. <laughs> but, uh, at, um, I love all those right now. The thing is, I don't have anything that old now. But I told you guys. Shit that they make. I mean, <laughs> out of this bullshit, <laughs> yeah, they make all so kinds of money. <laughs> you check out Aaron Crawford and, and his cavity color stuff. He's going to put out a Nightbreed thing soon, so maybe it'll be something similar. That's that. not the Jason shirt I saw. The Jason shirt I saw uh, that this person had on was no, from some guy that's trying to compete with Their me. stuff's official, and, and he's been. What's the thing? No, this is too. But this was ghetto looking. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. It's like a Friday Five shirt or something. It is ghetto. I don't know. Some people have their little lines. They're just trying to get somewhere, so they put out weird shit. I don't know. And especially when you go to conventions, you're going to see all kinds of stuff like that. Some of it's really nice. Well, see, the Fart Rack selling point for me. This isn't a Fart shirt, but all their shirts are soft. Yeah, and I like the material. I do too, man. It doesn't. I also love my skin's real sensitive. So love that. the tagless. Tagless is so nice. Oh yeah, but you know you got to pay extra for that kind of stuff. So even to make it, you got to pay extra. But um, Steve Ashim, let's talk about Steve before we wrap this up. Steve's coming up. Hey, we got Steve. Uh, Steve, 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 Stevie. DSI drummer. There's not much to say about him. I mean, he's original member. He's he's, he's played on everything. Steve kids. from DSI. That's played on everything. No introduction. He's just, uh, you know, they got some new stuff in the works. They'll probably drop in the fall, I'd say. If they did, he talk about that on the interview. Did he no. mention anything about new stuff? It's done. So the new record. Jason done. Sukoff did it. I can tell you all that. Okay. Um, Mark Lewis mixed it, and it will come out. And they and they want to go. They want to use Eric Rutan eventually because I kind of got on him because I told him I wanted to use Eric. Right. And they said they wanted to probably do that next, but they were said Eric at the time was too popular. And they probably should have went to Eric, but they're they're happy with what Mark did. Oh help! Help! No! 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 And it's coming out soon. Get it out! Get out of the oven. And uh, had a bacon accident. It's gonna be a fucking fire and shit. 
Bacon fire. Grease fire. Bacon grease fire. Smells like bourbon. Pull it out there. Pull the bag out and then pull the bacon. Now carefully pick it up and sit on the seat. You just have to pick up the light. Well, I can't do it. Here, too. But yeah, so you all can listen to Steve tell you all the fascinating things about Deicide. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I asked him some cool shit. I asked him a bunch of stuff about uh, the inception of the band, his place, his role in the band, of course, the stuff that he wrote on. and. We go, we go all over the place. We went from, you know, the self-titled and all the way up to, uh, up to uh, the last album, uh, in the minds of evil. So, which they're still supporting. So you can check all that out. It's fun. I think you'll like it. Uh, he talks about some of his favorite stuff that he did on that record, and then probably not so much stuff that he didn't do. Where he was like, well, I don't want to, you know. But it's good. So he's on everything. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. It's a cool interview. Well, the film, would you think? I love the film. I, th- I love this movie. I've defended this movie to you from day one. I got excited about it when I saw it was announced. Thanks for bringing this, because I really enjoyed that movie. I'm going to go get it. It's it's great. It's like 26 bucks now. Oh, it's cheaper than that if you get it at Best Buy. Best really? Buy. That's where I saw it. It's like 15 bucks. It's $15. Yeah. Well, so people head down to your local Best Buy. Best Buy has it on sale right now. I don't know if it still is. That may have ended up June 1st. It's amazing. They were selling it cheap. And no, they had a bunch of things. But yeah, I hope you guys... I went through a lot of shit to get these six interviews, so I hope you all enjoy these six. These six will be my... One of my favorite these six interviews are forever known as the Sinister Six. There you go. For me. So Spider-Man love. I'm a Spider-Man nerd, and they'll be the Sinister Six. Awesome. The Sinister Six are Steve, Terrence, Flo, Matt... Peter and Schmier is a Sinister Six. There we so, go. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, be sure to thank Dr. West for everything he's been doing lately and uh, what he continues to do all the we time. Try. We try. And, here uh, Phantasm. Go pick up Waxwork, which is paired with Waxwork 2 Investor and Collector Series. Um, if you don't know who our guest is, please go listen to DSI. That's ridiculous. You need to get the fuck up and go buy yourself some DSI records. Um, any of them will do. They're all good. They're all you in know, the minds of evil and to hell with God are available on Century Media Records. They are. And uh, yeah, from the doctor and I and Mrs. Gore Christ, we're all here. Stay fucking gory. This is Dr. Vincent West with the Phantasm Podcast. I'm here today with one of my heroes from one of the first death metal bands that ever got me into listening to the genre. I'm here with Steve from Deicide. How you doing, brother? I'm doing. Thanks for having me on the uh, Phantasm. Thanks for coming out to the gig. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate you. And uh, so we'll start here. We'll talk about the tour a bit here. So you guys just started. You did two shows in Florida, and then now you're here in Atlanta. So uh, how's that going so far? Uh, it's going pretty good, you know? I mean, we hit the 
the show is on time, and they've been very good responses at the clubs. And uh, this is our first time back in Atlanta since we haven't played the Masquerade since they tore it down. So it's the first time actually playing in Atlanta ever, not at the Masquerade. So that's weird. It is, yeah. But it's, it's a cool club. It's a little weird area I've never been to, so it's cool. Yeah. The the last album I really liked I saw you twice on that tour you actually played where my family lived twice uh, in Knoxville on that tour so yeah, yeah caught both those shows I think one was last year December and then uh, before that it was with like Septic Flesh and uh, Car Chamber and all that yeah. yeah yeah that was a good tour yeah so that's cool uh, so we'll uh, what we usually do we like to go through the discography with you if that's cool and I'll make it brief but We'll start with everything. This is the, the self-titled Deicide album. Yes. Any fun memories with that? Well, I remember the drum kit I used to play was rented because my kit was too crappy. It sounded <laughs> like shit. And Scott didn't want to use it. So we rented a kit, a Tama, that had that uh, mirror-finished shells. You know? Yeah. And a couple of rented cymbals because mine were all cracked. You know, Zildjian's or whatever. And right. And a couple of pasties. And yeah, remember we did the drum tracks pretty, you know, know, it seemed like amateurish looking back like I was real nervous about making sure it was professional. But you know, Scott was there and so, and I just remember once we got the kick drums going, it was like, wow, that's pretty heavy. I remember getting it on cassette yeah, when I was too. I was like 15, and I was like, "This is fucking amazing!" Yeah, it was I got it fun. at a record bar. Do you remember those? I do remember. Bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and then I ended up getting it on CD too, of course. But, but yeah. yeah, I love that record. I love all the now. Just ask you something about the record there. Now, the photos, the the mausoleum and stuff. Where was all that take? Was all out in Florida? That is all down there in Florida, right off of uh, what is it called? Sunset Point Road. It's called the Sylvan Abbey. Memorial Gardens. Is Cemetery. it still there? Cemetery, yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. Cemetery. So it's all right there. You can go in there. It's open to the public. It's pretty cool. Just go in there. Those photos were fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun stuff. And the your first experience working with Scott Burns, did you like that? Yeah, it was great because he was, you know, a pretty young dude at the time, and so were we. But he had more studio experience, and it was good. It was helpful, and he was in very much into the scene, and he was really concerned about making the drums sound awesome, which I thought was cool. So, they do sound awesome. Yeah, and so uh, uh, I dug it. We hit it off right away. And I still see him now and again. I saw him recently at the obituary show in October. He's oh, another October. one I would love to have on this podcast. Uh, I'm just talking for the stuff about. He's uh, doing. Uh, but yeah, he's a good guy. He's not working, but he still comes out to the shows. Hangs out with the obituary guys. He's very tight with them. That's cool. Whenever they do a gig, he always goes. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and did you all do a lot of touring for the first album? No. Not much at all. I don't think we did any actual tours. We did one... It was supposed to be a tour of like a month of Europe, December of 90. And we got over there and... Uh, it was just a disaster, not organized well. It only lasted like four shows. And like we got to Germany for the start of the German stuff, and the guy who had all the gear never showed up, so we were there with no equipment, just standing around with our thumbs in our asses. And it was like, this is the fucking guy's driving around the countryside on acid, whatever the fuck he was on. 
So it was like, so that was a bust. But you know, we came back after Legion come out is when we actually started touring, doing tours because it was like there was more demand and it was a more stable environment, I guess, because the band was in increasing demand. Again, we'll go right into Legion. That's such a great album. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. People seem to like it. You know, the, the talk a little bit about the artwork on the, fr- on the front of that album. I always thought that was really cool. The yeah, well, the artwork was kind of uh, Glenn went in the direction of the digital because everyone was having their album covers painted by this artist or that artist, like five artists or whatever, and they all were starting to look the same. And it was like, uh, you know, he's like, I want something new. And digital art was kind of in its infancy, I guess. And he knew he found a guy and brought up an idea, you know, about how, you know, the tri-fiction, which is in the in the glass bubble and then uh, on the inside cover I was shattered you know and it broke out right? <laughs> and then awesome. you hear that on the song Try Fiction Psh, glass shattering it's that's amazing. what that's kind of supposed to be I don't know if you ever picked up on that yeah <laughs> good see it worked <laughs> years of listening to that on headphones <laughs> yeah right. so yeah well there you go so yeah that was a good record and people like I say people enjoy it and we enjoyed writing it it was, we started stretching our tech metal abilities, you know, getting a little more technical on the first record, and seeing how that went. So, yeah, it was enjoyable. People dug it. And I dig it. Oh, it's great. Um, what about the, uh, just kind of a, before we get to uh, Once Upon the Cross, the the Amon, the Feasting the Beast stuff? That. Yeah, that was just um, our demos. I really like listening to that. I haven't listened to them in a long time. I think I they're though. your drums sound brutal on it, and, sound good. and his vocals sound crazy. They it's did like, sound great. <laughs> it's like one of his best sounding shit ever. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, and like I said, we had got signed off that demo, and so in between the wait of waiting for Cross to get done, you know, they're like, let's put that out. And it's like, a, it's oh, really yeah, cool. That thing's it's fun to listen to. Still, yeah. I have to listen to I'll it. Have to listen to that here soon. Yeah. And there were, I noticed, uh, he, when he and I listened to it recently, we noticed there were a couple of tracks that were, uh, that were not, that didn't make the, the final, uh, the first album. Which ones? Oh, God, do you, re- do you remember that? I can tell you. I got it pulled up here. From the older Magic demo. Internet. Right. Well, yeah, they were on there, and I don't think they were considered. From the 87 demo. Right. Holy Deception. That's yes, right. that's it. It was a version of that. That's how old that song is. Because that was on Legion, right? And then there was a the version of Oblivious to Evil. That's was, ca- it. was called Oblivious to Nothing at yeah. the time. Yeah. So you know, over time, stuff gets rearranged and worked out. It's fun though. Better. It's cool listening yeah, to stuff. It takes you back. Um, and then we'll go right into uh, Once Upon the Cross, which, man, I, I will tell you, I didn't think you all could do yourself. On an album, and I, I love that cover of that. I always thought that was so cool when you open it up, and it's like Jesus dissected. Yeah, you know, it was just trying to convey a message that, you know, I don't know. Here's a guy who was basically, it was probably just mortal. Here's his autopsy, like the rest of us. It's pretty amazing. It's still yeah, and musically, you know, it was pretty good. It was like, you know, for uh, explain this a couple times to people. We were with Legion. We had went that more tech death approach but it was difficult live to pull that stuff off I would have to be and you know we tried to get it down and it was just a continuing problem that wasn't getting any better I mean so I was like well for the next record why don't we make it not so technical you know it was my thinking and I wrote most of the 
material. I mean, 90% of it. So, it's like, let's just strip it down. I never knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote all this music except for uh, one of the second to last one, the second or whatever. One of them. That's one amazing. Of them, yeah. So, anyway, the idea was to make it not so tech, but still make it heavy and simple and brutal and whatever that way. So, that's where the approach came. It's like we could try to top ourselves technically and It's, really, it's less it's effective live because <laughs> once we get into the live environment and try and play it, you know, the cross songs they came, you know, they sound good live because everyone they're just fucking heavy and being too technical and stuff to make it pick up on all of it in the live, you know. Well, it sounds. I mean, to listen to it, you know. Yeah. I, I think it sounds as fresh as it does when it came out. I mean, I love it. That was my favorite thing I bought that year. Uh, well, there are a lot of people that I know still like that record, too. Oh, man, like, it's... Oh, this is my favorite one. And it it's depends really who, good. When people picked up on the band, you know, like the first one they hear sometimes is their favorite no matter what. I love the first album, yeah. I mean, it's great, but I... I don't mean the first record. I mean the first record that someone oh, that they hear, yeah, hear yeah, of us, whether it's the fifth one or the third one, is like that's their favorite because that was their introduction to us, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, but some people like to do the history and and uh, go through the timeline, listen to it, hear the progression. I know I do to certain bands or whatever. Oh yeah, definitely. Go back, find the first record, hear the musical progression of how the improvement in the writing and the musicianship and the you know everything. Now was was the Once Upon a Cross tour? Was that the one where you all had the the uh, the bomb scare in Europe? Was that that, that was or am I getting, am I getting my head on Legion myself? tour? It was Legion. Was it? I, you know, I actually don't remember. I don't know why I was thinking it was that one. But wow, well, I think it was the Legion tour because it was our biggest tour ever, and that was pretty much. Legion I remember reading that. that scared so me half to death. I could imagine having to be there for something like that. I didn't really care. That was all bullshit. Oh, was it? Was it I mean, the black metal people did the bombing in, in Sweden or wherever the fuck that was. And then it was just whoever after that picked up on it and did their own threat based on the other person's bomb. It was like, that was real, but that's this is bullshit. Right. It's like, I'm scared of that. They just And then whatever, they threw a shoe, a empty shoebox or someone threw a shoebox over the... It's like, this is, nonsense over nothing. Right. And maybe it was serious, I don't know, but I didn't take it too seriously. I, just I mean for me it was as a bunch a, of fucking hype over nothing. Right. As a fan, as a teenager, I remember reading the magazine Chris scares me up to death. It's like don't do that, please don't <laughs> don't blow up my band that I like. It's like Yeah, you know, like I said, I've who knows how real it was. I, mean, I don't know. I mean something did get blown up so it was pretty real I guess. Right. I just tried not to worry about it too much. Oh I understand. I understand. I just thought I'd ask just because it was something that always confused me reading it as a fan. I was like what? You know it's pre-internet. But, uh, Servants of the Light. Love that album. Yeah. That was one where I was like you know what let's re-tech it back up a little bit you know break up the speed a little more technical time signature shit and try and like a little more tech, but not overly technical. Just enough, you know, where it appears technical. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, it's a fun record. It is, sure. That's a good song. We still do a lot of the songs from that live, and people still eat it up, you know. Oh, yeah, it's great. We say we're doing Serpents of the Live. People know the lyrics. They fuck, they're right there for every second of it. It's 
it was I don't know you all just just sandblasted through those first few records you just kept going but um, and yeah that one had a stripped down sound like we tried to get you know Cross had a good sound we didn't have as great luck with productions in those days where did y'all record Servants? it was all at more sound more up sound to that point yeah Anyway, Scott Burns come out of retirement because he was already done working at Morrison, but and he kind of had lost patience with the Hoffmans and their guitar tone. Understand? So he was like, you know what? If you think that sounds good, good, great. Take your guitar tone. Good for you. That's why it's like sounds like a transistor razor, fucking whatever the fucking thing sounds like. You know? That's great. So that's why I can remember about that one too. Um. Incinerate him. Incinerate him. Yeah, that was the first record without Scott, where we were started working with Jim. Actually, we had done uh, when Satan lives with Jim, the live record. The live record. So that was our introduction to him. So that's when we agreed to do the next record, Incinerate him with him. That was cool. He had a neat approach to tracking the guitars, which we had never done before. He had blended two raw sounds. So I remember the guys were in there with just guitar tones that they hated and right. could barely play to you know so they didn't enjoy that but when he mixed it it came out alright I guess and the drums you know I just remember kind of he was like kind of shocked that I wasn't playing to a click he was like you got pretty good timing you sure you're not on a click or he wanted to go to a click or, I don't know whatever but I wasn't on a click yet that's amazing so you, that's, that's awesome I didn't know that that's really cool yeah no. And on that record, did you all um, did you all do a lot of touring for that record? We did. We had kicked touring into high gear. You know, we were touring six months a year at that point. And um, yeah, so that. And then we'll go. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's just it's pretty good record. It's a standout track. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you had Bible Passion. That's right. You know. Um, one of those songs got played on the Soprano soundtrack. I did not know that. Yeah. It was um, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. <laughs> I didn't know it that. It was a little bit in the background, like during some argument Tony Soprano was having with someone. Like, you can hear that in the background. Shut up over there! He's banging on the wall. <laughs> did y'all, was somebody a fan on the show and played you all? Yeah, I guess so. That's you know, amazing. It's usually how it happens. So that's yeah, that was awesome. cool. Yeah, so that was a boost for that record. It was helpful. And that's when uh, I remember... Monty sent us an email, and it was, what, 2001 or 2002, whatever. He's like, and everyone said death metal was dead. (laughs) (laughs) They had written us off. They were in the slip. Now they could give a shit. It's like, no, Sopranos. Oh, at Roadrunner. Yeah, at Roadrunner. But, no, Sopranos dug us up, so that was cool. And then uh, in Torment and Hell? Torment and Hell, yeah. That was our last record. Like I said, we were fully on the back burner with Roadrunner. They didn't care about us. We they gave us a budget to record the record with. It was like six grand. It's like so we tried to get it done as fast and as quick and as cheaply as possible since we were on the outs with them. Right. Well, that's understandable. You know, I remember growing up, everything was on Road Racer, then Road Run, whatever you King yeah. Diamond, you guys. 
Topo Negative, everything I remember listening to as a kid, Spolter, all that obituary, all That's those right. bands. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden it's Nickelback, the label. That's like, right. They made all this money and started, you know, first they were about underground bands and then it became about sales. And then, you know, once you get some sales and the taste of the money and it grows the company and then right. they just want to keep growing, they're looking for hits now. I think Typo Negative was their first million selling band. They were like, wow, this is awesome. Right. They're like, let's do more of this. And they started searching for the next whatever and then and then, then flushed we all the bands shit. that had made them money yeah then we were shit tanked and around the same Slipknot time I guess what, Blue in. Grape went in the toilet too I remember buying Blue all my Grape. stuff from them Blue Grape I think you know they were just always a shitty merch company and <laughs> took advantage of the bands <laughs> that sounds about and, right hey we got both great lighters and um like I said, they, I think, just got bought out by a parent company, you know, so they did well. They built that company up and sold it for big money. Yeah, and I noticed it. I, this is something I always thought was interesting, you know, as a fan, Bond stuff, Steel, you like your all stuff or whatever. Taste this shit, brother. You just want some? Oh, no, we're good. I appreciate it, Steve. That's good shit, man. Fucking tasty. But that, you know, it was like... Def Jam owned it, Warner <coughs> Brothers owned it, all the it seemed like it all all that stuff happened later, so yeah, they couldn't keep metal, owners or whatever. Metal exploded, you know, all over everyone's faces. Right. <laughs> now did you all do any touring for Entourment in Hell? Uh we did a run or something, you know. We always toured pretty consistently, at least once a year. So whether it was for I know we did some touring and like maybe for that record, but didn't play any of the songs from the record, but <laughs> we just toured for the fuck of it. <laughs> That's uh, that makes sense. It's like no one was really into it. We weren't into it, and no one cared. But we still wanted the tour, and we were still getting offers. So fuck it. Yeah, why fuck not? It. Um, and then we'll jump to now. You want to talk just briefly going to Earache, and then uh, Scars of the Crucifix, which I love that record. Yeah, Scars of the Crucifix. It's nasty. I saw you all here, Black Masquerade, yeah. with Behemoth, who wasn't popular then. And yeah. Amon Marth, who wasn't popular then. That was the first time I ever met you. That's right. Over at the Masquerade. Yep. Yeah, I remember that tour. That was the coalition of destroying fucking... There was somebody whatever. else on that bill, and I don't remember who it was, but... Vehemence, or fucking the guy who throws up milk or something? Yeah, it was somebody at the Exhumed? Was it then? I don't know. I just remember Behemoth and Amon Marth were on that bill in front of you guys. We had toured with Behemoth like four times already in Europe. <laughs> right. <coughs> so yeah, we got, got to know them well over the years. Oh yeah, that's great. That <coughs> was just like a mediocre, <coughs> mediocre black metal band. And then I got Infernus on the drums and it was like, left <coughs> walking. That was the, yeah. yeah. Orbited them. Yeah. Yeah, Scars is a great record, and that, I I love the production on that. I thought Jim did a great job. On yeah, that Scars, like I said, when we got uh, went over to Earache, it was kind of because Roadrunner was shitting on us, and Earache wanted us and treated us good, uh, so it was exciting. Brought the band back together, got us excited about it again, so it was kind of you know good jolt we needed. And, yeah, so the record came out pretty good. They got us a producer, Neil Kernan. We were all into it. Yeah, sure, and you know. He was a good guy. He's a great guy. Didn't work out too great with between him and Glenn, though. Oh, really? Not that they don't like each other. They just didn't really work that closely together. You know, real quick before I keep going, I was always surprised, and I wanted to ask you about this just because I'm a big fan of his work. I know he's just everywhere, but whatever. I'm surprised you all never worked with uh, Eric Rutan. 
Yes, you know, it's just some. Um, I love his production so and I love your all's music. And a lot of people were, were going to him in the time, and we always tried to like do what, not what everyone I understand. is doing. But I think now that people are kind of going elsewhere, now we're going to go to Rattan. <laughs> I think I would love to hear it because you're all so amazing. We're definitely going to do a record with Rattan oh, before I'm... we get too old, and we've known him for many years, and he's almost was taking it personally. Like, why haven't you come done a record with me, dude? <laughs> so yeah, I definitely am gonna go. Maybe the next one. We'll oh shit, that'd be so amazing. It would. Um, and then Stench of Redemption. <laughs> I love that record. Yeah, that was a good record. You got the Hoffmans going out. You got Jack. That's right. That was important for that because the Hoffmans were out, and we had to establish ourselves as the core of the band, still living on without them. Fuck and them, and have. that it was even better. It could be better without them instead of like instead of in torment and hell. You know, you get right. this. You know. Century Egyptians are great now. I thought so. I love the cover art. I love it track for track. It's great. I love the DVD. I bought the DVD. DVD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Doomsday LA. Right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that was a good record. I enjoyed it. I wrote all of that one. It's a man, that seriously is a really good record. It really, I mean, the all of it. I thought so. Thank I love you. that album. Appreciate it is. It. It's great. And Corey, my co host, is going to ship when I tell him that you wrote all of uh, Once Upon the Cross. He's going to shit an egg roll. But, yeah. Because that's his favorite all, album. All, that's cross, shit. all of Serpents, like I said, except for one song on Oh, each. wow. All across, all of Serpents. About six songs on Scars, all of Stench. Stench is great. And the next one was Till Death, all of that one. I even tried Till Death that is one an interesting. Guitars. We just, you know, I just listened to that the other day. That's, yeah. I like that record. I do. It's an too. interesting record. You it got, is interesting. You get the, your vote for, vote for Glenn for president patch. It was with it. just under. Like, uh, everyone was kind of off on a little personal problem tangents. Glenn was not really paying much attention to the band. He's going through a bad divorce or whatever oh God, or some sucks. problem. And then whoever the guitar guys were totally uninterested, you know. I was the only one working on the thing, you know, so we didn't get any really help with the writing, no opinions, no one, so I just fucking did it. When it comes time to record it, it's like no one knew it, so I just did it all. Did the drums, did the guitars, and, you know, Glenn had written some lyrics for it, so he came in and did the vocals. And I got the guys to come do some leads, and then I even did a couple leads, too. Because just first there was more space to fill, and no one gave a fuck. It's like, well, I'll, yeah, I give a fuck. I wanted the sound, you know, so anyway. That's did amazing. the record, and so that's why it kind of sounds like just a little under. It could have been better, you know. The potential was there. It could have been great if everyone had got together and tried to make it great, but no one fucking cared. So I kind of got under the radar. It's good. But I thought the material, like, still, that's fucking, that's a heavy riff. That could have been some of our greatest shit. The the, the first track is interesting, too. The, the yeah, intro okay. of the record. It's, it's, I don't know. I like it was a different. Oh, yeah, that's right. The whole intro thing, I was slow. Yeah, right. I dug that, dude. I thought so. It was awesome. Right? I it was, was fucking eerie. Like, it is. It was really cool. Yeah. Thank you. And then Stench and Until Death is Part, uh, you a lot of touring for both of those, I'm sure. What's that? A lot of touring for both those records. For Stench and... Yeah, yeah. Gosh, we did, you know... The Stench, I know I saw you on that tour. I don't know if I saw you on Tobacco's part or not. Um, well, yeah, we tried to tour at least two runs for each record, you know, sometimes three. For this record, this is our fourth run in the U.S. for this, this is record. This big tour. So good, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's just, great. And it's just us killing time in between records. <laughs> it's you know? awesome. So good. And then we'll jump to, to Hell with God. That's odd. Man, that's a... 
That's an interesting record. Tell what guy? Yeah, there's another one. Cheers, cheers. Hey, there you go. It's a very interesting record. Like yeah, it. <laughs> it was an interesting process making it. That's what I remember. It was our first one going with Mark Lewis over there at Audio Hammer. There. Y'all used him before. That was popular uh, to use him. Well, yeah, we had used him for the Order of Any Odd sessions with me and Kevy Metal. I love that stuff, by the way. Well, thank you. I really do. Thank you. I so that that was fun stuff to write. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we went over there and yeah, it was fun to work. But I remember when we we went and recorded all the music, and it was like forty minutes, and then gave it to Glenn, and he was like, "I really don't like this stuff." <laughs> I was like, "What?" She told me before I recorded it. So it's oh, like no. we went and like rewrote some of the stuff and you salvaged most of it and got the record out of it that we did. And I still have like the recorded versions of it, like the extended different versions that I thought were awesome, which I still do. Break them out someday. I like that record. It's, yeah, you know, it's still it's a pretty good, good record. There's good chops and good hooks, you know, and a couple of good catchy songs and beats and parts. You know, there was something that I think is cool. That's why I write it, because I thought it was cool. Now, did you write all of that one as well? I wrote all of that one as well. I, yeah. I mean, that record, the only thing that... No, not, no, I initially wrote it, and then when we went back you and went redid back and, it, okay. then I Jack added some parts and a couple of songs and someone else, maybe whatever, if I can, but yeah, it ended up being, I had about five songs on there, and I had, and a couple of combos. It's great. I mean, I saw you on tour. You guys in Pathology, I believe. Yeah. I can't remember who else was on that bill. Up in Kentucky. So yeah. I don't remember. That's the only. I remember Pathology because I know I missed a couple of bands. I remember the name Pathology. I know we thought of them. Yeah, those guys were they were fun. But yeah, yeah. I like that record. That was and that was your first with uh, Century Media too. That was God. That's right. Yeah, they were cool. They gave us a big push. I remember they did some double gatefold album sleeves and, you know, cool, you know, stuff record companies are supposed to do. To yeah, they should promote it. Put your stuff out. So that's fun. Yeah. It's a great... Good set, guys. It's a great record. It's... Thank you. And then we'll go to uh, In the Minds of Evil. In the Minds of Evil, yeah. And, pretty good and now at this point, and I wanted to kind of, I'm going to kind of, I'm backtrack a little bit. Kevin was like on and off with you guys, right? He had been filling in touring, uh, but we hadn't decided to use him for a record yet because we had still. That was in and out when Ralph was. Ralph right. was in and out, and then you know, we decided to get rid of Ralph. But then we used him for another record or something because we just didn't have anyone else. Because he was on tail with God, God. right? Yeah, that's right. And so it's like, yeah, let's just bring him in one more session of leads, and then sayonara. And then, uh, but because it was kind of like we were biding our time, because we knew we wanted to use Kevy, but his leads were just not Ralph. Although know, who is? And that's understandable. So I was like, you know, take this time, Kevin, and start practicing your ass off on leads, because that's where we're gonna need you to, you know, fill in a lot. So that gave him about two years to, because he had never given a shit about leads. He was always a rhythm player and a writer was his focus. And writing guitar riffs and lyrics. So I was like, he never gave a shit about leads. You know. So he did the best he could, and, you know. Uh, 
But that's half the reason why we now have Mark in there, so someone can step up to the plate with the leads. It's like doing doing homage for Satan is great, but then doing the lead totally half-ass and fake is not cool. So like he was trying to have some realism and bring that song to life, like we remember it. So get a guy who can play the fucking thing. I love it as a monstrosity you know I mean? fan. I think it's awesome. Yeah, so too. it's that's like so that's good. You know, at least bring the song back to life, uh, technically uh, across the board. What happened? See, the the Jack thing was sudden to me. He was gone. Uh, well, yeah, Jack is a, fan, a I was very just like, okay. Well, you know, Jack's a good guy. Uh, oh yeah. So I don't know. He was just um, I don't know, a little distant. So just kind of left one day, never came back. Well, I mean, Mark, that's awesome. I think you guys have up the ante with him. I think that's great. Yeah, I think so, too. He's, he's a killer player. And he's a killer player, got, so, yeah. Got the hometown, got the monstrosity in DSI. Yeah, we like having cool. hometown guys. There's nothing we have to fly in or deal with some out-of-town scheduling and all this. It's like, just get a local guy. There's a million of them, you know. They're all pretty good. But now, Kevin, I, I think Kevin's great. I really do. Kevin and is the great. last record, man, when I... When I heard that the first time, I had to listen to it, and it's one of those I listened to it so many times. Like this is great, like every track on it's great. The cover art's interesting, and I I like it. In the mind, you mean? Yes, it's it's a hey, it's a, a it's a cool record, man. It's fun. It's it's different. It's got a lot of stuff going on in it, and I dig it. I agree. You know, I I, I, I do think it was a good record. I enjoyed the production and the drums. Oh. Remember, I had had a dislocated shoulder when I was tracking the drums. Really. Yeah, so that sucked. Remember, it hurt. I would have to. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> Remember, there was this one fill in one of the songs in the middle. It was like a, a big hit in, the, hit in both Chinas and the kick drums, like a kick drum fill on the Chinas. Like a fill. Uh-huh. Remember, I was already in pain tracking it, and I was like, you know what? Ah, fuck it, and I went for it. And I was like, <laughs> and I did it, and I was like, ow, after I'm playing. I was like, now, will you all record? did you all record that with Jim? No, we did that with Jason. Jason. Which is Audio Hammer again, but Sukhoff, the other guy. Sukhoff, 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 yeah. that's right. I, you know... That's who we're doing the current record with. Really? Yeah. Nice, okay. Like I said, the rhythm tracks are done, recorded, and we're just waiting uh, to finish up vocals and leads and mix and shit. That's why we kind of... a bunch of songs for it, or...? Yeah, or 12, oh, 13, shit, awesome. something. Yeah. Exotic, because, I don't know, the last record... I, I just want to touch on it again for a second. It's one of those things, and then I heard the songs live, and it really... They, those songs, songs sound good live. They do. Those ones... It's just... Yeah. I don't know, and then you're back there just... We're killing playing it. that one on this tour, you know? We were doing more. We're kind of weaning those songs out of the set somehow, getting ready for... Bring back a couple of older ones. I'm trying to bring back Mephistopheles. Really? Tighten it up a little bit. Nice. And get ready to start bringing the next record songs into the set. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, we try and make all the songs sound good live, you know. Um, really, especially when Mark comes into the band or whoever, you re reteach him, guys, uh, gives us a chance to go over the parts, make sure they're all right, articulate them properly, playing, and make everyone match up, and, and uh, just make the song sound great. Don't rush them, but don't let them drag either, you know. Does Glenn still do lyrics on stuff, or does he? Yeah. He does all the lyrics. You know, that's why it's kind of a problem. Sometimes if he gets burnt on writing lyrics, it's like we got to wait for him. Oh, I thought he was like Wait for him to I get mean, motivated I, to write and finish. That's kind of where we are now. He's like, uh, waiting for him to actually write stuff. 
So, but yeah, it's problem when he's a sole writer, kind of just waiting for him to finish. Right. I mean, I, I'm excited to hear the new record. Everybody will be excited to hear the new I am DSI too. Come. It's going to be heavy, for sure. Any idea on next uh, maybe year? By the, well, no, hopefully this year. Right. Get out, it's still early. Yeah. be exciting. Yeah. There's been some good records this year, so I think have yeah. guys have a new record. That's it wouldn't exciting. be till later in the year. Last Christmas, quarter. maybe. Yeah, ah, it's awesome. Sure. It's a good time for a decent record. But it's, yeah, it'd be a good shot. You know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, that's exciting. And and hopefully, like I said, I I just was, like I said, the last record, I when I got it, I didn't know what I thought of it. And then the more I listened to it, I don't know, it's interesting. I like that record. Good. I really do. It's almost like... I don't know. You and Kevin, I think, play well together. And then having him and so too. He's, he's a good writer. He is. He's a really interesting song. That's why I was telling my friend. I was like, he's he's interesting. He's, he's got a good style, and he's heavy and good picking. And he grew up a DSI fan, you know, so he was influenced by things. Influenced by our writing, helped him writing. So when we use him for our writing, it kind of belongs. It already, makes sense. You know? it so, so yeah, it does. It's so it's a good fit. He's a good guy. And he's good to work with. That's exciting. And yeah, yeah. So we'll have the new DSI coming there for you. Everybody yeah. listening there. But yeah, so um, one of the things that we do on the podcast is we uh, talk about horror movies. Are you a horror movie fan? Eh, not so much. I was big into horror movies, you know, as a teenager and whatnot. The Texas Chainsaw 1 and 2 and... Uh, you know, Exorcist. Yeah, you know, the classic shit. But even at the time of Saw and this, you know. That's more we were into is more the old yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I ain't really into it at that point. I was already out of it. The old shit's the best shit. So. Well, you know. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, so. That's awesome. This is Steve Osheim from DSI. You're listening to Dr. Vincent West, Phantasm. Podcast. Listen to it. <laughs> Turn it up. That's awesome. Play something. Thank right, you so man. much for doing this. I appreciate it.
young people looking for excitement are tricked terrorized suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Something crazy is going on at the tourist trap. Everybody dead. Prepare your 
because you will never want to be alone again. Prepare yourself for the Slayer. There is something in the streets. Hey! Something in the shadows. Something in the dark. That kills. You're trying to tell me two kids did this? She's got a statement from an eyewitness that said she saw the kids attack her. head was unstable and there was a sudden deceleration injury you think a cop did this why not do you automatically assume that it was a police officer instead of some lunatic son of a bitch dressed up like a cop he didn't kill the girl <laughs> he wanted a witness he'll kill again he enjoys killing he strikes without cause without mercy who's he killing innocent people he may be getting information from inside the department. That means he is one of us. When the killer is a cop, there's danger in every badge. You're not gonna get me. Suspicion in every uniform. Since when is my personal life any of your business? Since your wife was found dead in a motel room. When a cop turns killer, no one is safe. See a cop, you crossed to the other side of the street. He'll find you wherever you are. Bye, squad. He'll destroy you, whoever you are. Broke out of your cell. You killed them all. It wasn't me. It was somebody else. I didn't do any of this. Now they think they got the guilty man. So you'll be free to get to the mayor and the commissioner. Reason cannot stop him. Bullets cannot kill him. This is one maniac you'll have to face alone or die. The choice is yours. You can fight him. Remain silent forever. Starring Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead. Maniac Cop. Good evening, Walnut Lake Shopper. It's closing time. The store will be closing in 15 minutes. But the night crew still has work to do. Because there's one last customer who isn't satisfied. No, this cream keeps calling you. He's driving us nuts. Leave me alone. He wants to slash their prices. Who's there? He wants to cut their inventory. You're crazy! He wants to chop until they all drop. I saw him kill Linda. And now, he's turning their retail store. There's gonna be one more killing here tonight. Into a wholesale slaughterhouse. <laughs> From the producers of Evil Dead 2 and Pulp Fiction comes a new chapter in terror. Bruce Campbell, Ted Raimi, Renee Estevez, and Sam Raimi in Intruder, A New Dimension in Terror. I'm just crazy about this story.